you know, Spencer, a lot of times with these uh, ad reads, we have to uh, pretend that we like a product, but this is not one of those. Right. This Um, is just classic. We're classic podcast connoisseurs. We know what's up. Yeah, we love we do love MeUndies. Secrets out. That's not just talk. Right. We probably love solid cologne. Um, Yeah, definitely. uh, But we definitely love Matt Bronger. Um, Matt Bronger. He's a he's an old friend of mine. I won't say too old because you know it's showbiz. So let's <laughs> let's stay ageless. But he is a fantastic, wonderful person that I have always adored, and that I never spend enough time with, and never work with enough. But he is really funny and really kind and really awesome. And he has a podcast called Ding Donger. Oh, you know about it? No, wait. Yeah, no, it's okay. You can know about <laughs> no, it. No, I've heard ads for it. It seems like a great podcast. It's a weekly podcast with actor and comedian Matt Bronger. You can go for a spin with him as he shares stories, observations, and advice with episodes perfectly curated for half-hour car rides. Does that mean he's driving during the, p- p- the podcast? He better not be because that's my idea. Oh, shit. I wonder if that's done because that is my idea. Maybe you can go on Ding Donger. You know what you could do <laughs> is you can leave a voicemail message for him and he'll address it uh, on his podcast. Oh, wow. I don't have a number for that, but just know that you can do that. Well, I bet if you like and subscribe to it on iTunes, the number reveals itself to you. Yeah, this is already on the air. I'm acting like it's new. (laughs) Recent episodes have included tales of harrowing bike rides in Southeast Asia, horror stories from Chicago public transit, and advice about everything from the creative process to the terrifying nature of bird-eating insects. Just don't miss a single episode. (laughs) Make sure you don't... (laughs) Sorry. Make sure you don't... (laughs) Make sure you make sure you don't miss a single episode. Subscribe to Ding Donger with Matt Bronger on iTunes, Stitcher, FeralAudio.com, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Matt Bronger. He couldn't be brighter. Today's episode is brought to you by Last Rampage, the new true crime film starring Robert Patrick, Heather Graham, and Bruce Davison. And we had the pleasure of speaking to someone involved with the movie. My name is Robert Patrick. I play Gary Tyson. That's Gary Tyson with an I in the film Last Rampage. Evil broke loose in 1978. Arizona State Penitentiary. You know, that was interesting. What, what, what it was like playing a real person as opposed to a a fictional character. It it was really trying to wrap your head around how this guy could do some of the things that he could do. That was the the things that you were drawn on. Of course, there was no way you're going to try to do an impersonation of a guy, nor was I going to try to, you know, get as heavy as the guy. Uh, I didn't have enough time to really go that route. But I, I, you know, I found him really, really interested in trying to live up to the charisma that he had. I fell in love with the folklore of the story, like there, you know, the the whole idea that he was a guy that was raised uh, during the Great Depression. See that, from a historical point of view, those kind of stories resonate with me. That yearning for something better, trying to find it, have to steal to get it. How do you deal with that if you're a religious person? You know. How do you run underneath that? How do you justify it? He had a double life sentence that he began to push his wife and his kids to say, God, you know, I'm going to serve one term, and when I die, I'm going to serve another term in hell. Uh, I got to get out of this. And, and the, 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 the link that he was willing to uh, uh, go to 
to get his kids to help him get through this and get him out of prison was, it was fascinating to me. Don't miss Last Rampage, the true story of the prison break of Gary Tyson. In theaters and available on iTunes and all on-demand platforms today. For more information, visit truecrimelive.com or follow the movie on Twitter at Last Rampage Film or on facebook.com slash lastrampagefilm. Feral Audio They missed you from informal uh, <laughs> polls on Twitter. I wouldn't go on Reddit. I don't want to. I, I, I don't want to go on there. I, there's too much. There's too much objective clinical. I don't, I don't think Reddit wants you on Reddit. I don't think it. If you're if you're being talked about on Reddit, like Reddit yeah. doesn't want the town of Ferguson to be on Reddit. It wants to talk about. Uh, uh, it's because uh, it, it, if it would get on, it would go. Hey, we're a real town. Uh, but. Uh, <laughs> The uh, I, but just from Twitter, every time I would go like, "Hey, we're doing the show tonight." There's always a minimum of three or four like obnoxious like, and Jeff. <laughs> so it's good. It's good I, you're back. Thank you, Dan. The, the lions are the lions. Oh, and I missed you as well. I am glad you're back. I missed you. And I, I was doing what they call playing hard to get. <laughs> it's good. It makes a relationship stronger. Uh, in, that, in that Men Are From Mars, Women Are From Venus uh, book, I remember the guy describing, said, women are waves. This is no longer politically correct to say <laughs> that women are anything. You can say women are uh, porpoises. It, it sounds bad now. Um, but women are waves. They go up and down. And men are rubber bands. They go back and forth. They pull away. And if you let them pull away, they snap back. Sounds like a big uh, justification for a lot of uh, hoo-ha uh, <laughs> written, written by a dude. Um, but uh, I don't know. I feel it. I feel myself stretching back and snapping, snapping back sometimes. Um, also, police brutality uh, <laughs> is, uh, is like a rubber band. Uh, if, you, if you let it go, it just uh, stretches and stretches. Yeah. And then... Or also, it just, it, it, if you put it on too tight, it constricts you and you die. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, well, I mean, it's not, uh, it's not the goal to be sensitive in these times uh, around this subject. I do want to be a curmudgeon. Let's, let's do the cane-shaking uh, segment. Uh, 
Cane shaking segment. <laughs> I want to do more segments now that we're on video. Cane shaking segment. He's got a cane and he wants to shake it. He's mad because you are young and he's old and he wants you off world lawn. Knock it off. Stop being so young all the time. I can't walk, so I'm shaking this thing that I use to help me walk. Uh, Dan, it's good to be back. <laughs> uh, so... I was listening to a police advocacy lawyer, on, uh, uh, which is a, a great gig these days. Uh, it's the, the, the hourlies are like. <laughs> um, the uh, police advocacy lawyer at NPR, and uh, they were talking about the uh, Garner autopsy and how the pathologist ruled it a homicide. Uh, and the lawyer's response was, uh, you know, well, homicide just means that one person's life was ended by another person. It doesn't mean a crime was committed. <laughs> and he's right, I guess. But it just really, it really leapt out at me. And this is, this is called the cane shaking segment, so you can't get mad at me for connecting these dots. I, I just, like, I wanted to roll down the window and shout at the millennial generation, this is where wordplay gets you. <laughs> this is where refinement of language will, this is, these are your bedfellows. These are the people who speak perfectly. These are the people who are very polite. They always, they always mean exactly what they're saying. Or rather, they never do. Um, they, but they never say the wrong thing. They never use the wrong words. <clears throat> and they're advocates of murderers. But it's not murder. It's homicide. Um, so get your shit together and get off my lawn. Uh, <clears throat> uh, I, <clears throat> I do find it's kind of a rare, it's a weird weird uh, moment in the news right now, like a strange harmonic convergence where it kind of actually feels like the things that are in the news right now are 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 the things that are the news is usually distracting us from uh, there is the like the death of journalism is in the news right now um which is the most important thing to be in the news since the death of journalism <laughs> um it, it, it uh, the the rolling stone thing is a hot button i won't i won't i won't touch it but it has brought the I, the concept of journalism dying and what what responsibilities are and how how journalism actually works to a generation that seems to Maybe justifiably, because of the new media uh, overwhelming them with an increased news cycle. Like, you know, there's a lot of uh, old disciplines that have been forgotten. Confirmation of sources and things. Like, like the, 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 there, there's still good journalists out there, but let's face it, the worlds of, of, of that we used to call tabloid and all these things, we used to have different compartments for these things, and since the 20s, they've all been kind of merging. I mean... It's a gradual, slow thing, but spiked with the internet. Like, what the hell is the difference between real news? And I, it's, it's not, you just, like, real news sites, they still have the same fucking, like, weird clickbait uh, stuff. You can't tell the difference. But now, now that cops are uh, choking people to death and there's cameras everywhere, uh, I don't know. You think maybe there would be, like, a little golden age uh, resurgence of journalistic integrity? Maybe. <laughs> I, because, I mean, it's cra there's crazy shit happening. It, it, it's, be it's becoming very clear that being a team player isn't necessarily, you know, the, the secret to world peace. Like, uh, it's just been kind of a leitmotif uh, what last would you 20 call, years or looking so. backwards, what would you call like the, the golden age looking back of journalism? When, when did you think? Oh, definitely 1985. I mean... <laughs> <laughs> Was there ever a time that you... I read you the following review of Back to the Future. Uh, 
scintillating with his beautiful locks of gossamer hair. I don't know. Uh, uh, the, I, I told you when I walked out of Back to the Future, I was in New York as a kid uh, in 1985. Was that, was that when it was? Yeah. Yeah. And I came out of the theater. Like a it's, a, it's a mnemonic device. The whole movie's about 1985. All right. <laughs> I, I told you this, right? I walked out of the theater, and everybody poured out of this Lowe's Theater in New York on the west side, and everybody was, like, beaming. Everybody was so happy. We almost kind of walked out holding hands. Like it, was, <laughs> like, it was the most together you ever saw New Yorkers in, in my life. And uh, uh, they walked out, and some guy was, like, he was kind of, like, I would, I would put him probably at 35. I was, like, 11 at the time, or 10, 11. And this guy just kind of shook his head, like, you know, kind of happily. He goes, Spielberg did it again. <laughs> and we, and we all kind of paused. He kind of ruined the moment, but we all were like, yeah, he fucking did it. <laughs> he, pre- he presented it again. Uh, that screenplay took seven years to write, by the way. Get off my lawn. It took seven years to write. You can't just shit these things out. Uh, when is your screenplay coming out then? <laughs> seven years and it'll be good. Uh, and men stretch back. You gotta let them stretch back. Uh, <laughs> it's just, just a pulpit for my agenda. I, people shouldn't have to get milk. It's bad for you. Uh, the uh, Someone asked me to get milk. Uh, <laughs> I heard someone say what? They gasped what? Just, just explaining. Uh, all right, so that, well, you, you, uh, I don't, I don't want to do a uh, 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 homicidal cop spree segment. Yeah, I do, do it. Okay, let's do it. <laughs> do you want new music for that? Uh, yeah. Okay, let's do. Um, shit, let's find something good here. Let's do. <laughs> Well, your job ain't just to kill people before they commit a crime. Sometimes you go, oh, well, who's this guy? Shoot him! <laughs> he had a gun. He came in on the first verse. He was reaching into his waistband. He was just singing about a woman. He was just singing about a I love. saw him reaching. <laughs> You shot him there. He, he was, was reaching. He was. Play- he had a big red gun. No, that was a that was a guitar pick. Dan, that was a guitar pick. Uh, no. Uh, yeah. Well, this is this is local Hollywood and Highland. These guys, two cops, uh, shot a guy. I know nothing about this. I, I I'm gonna put a a, a kind of laughably uh, afterthought thing, but it's genuinely like offered. Like I I do know that there are the, co- cops have, have, have must have it like really bad right now all over the place. Many of whom do not deserve. Of it. Like there's, it's in the zeitgeist right now that cops are terrible people and blah blah blah. And so there are people who are, who still have to get up in the morning and put on a badge and go to work. And they're oh my god, the minute there, there was a crazy guy outside my front gate today, and I immediately remembered, holy shit, I need the fucking police. Um, it, it, it's there's a million good ones, and and there and I've met good 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 people that that also happen to go to work and risk their lives to be a cop. It, it doesn't seem like the time or the place for that disclaimer, but it also feels like I'm compelled to like create that balance because it's it's easy to fan the flames right now. Anyways, I know nothing about the, how the LAPD is doing. I know nothing about, you know, since Rodney King, the Department of Justice, like, took over the LAPD. They restructured it. I don't know where we're at with that. Someone in the audience might know more about it. 
but um, and I don't know what the crime rate, how, how it was impacted. I don't know how much of that is phony. I don't know what's going on. But I do know that we were all praying when we heard the cops shot a guy like in L.A. in the midst of all this. We, I would, didn't everyone, one of the writers at, at Community voiced this and said, like, confessingly, uh, confessionally, I was just, I've never found myself just saying, please, God, let them have killed a white man. Like, like <laughs> Like it was just, it was just don't the city just doesn't need it. Like like it's just it's there's the rain is fucking with our infrastructure. Like <laughs> it's hard to drive right now. There's all that oil after a drought, you know, and the cars are sliding. Don't kill any black people. <laughs> just don't need it to happen. Um, and it looked it looked from the photos like a, a white enough guy. Um, so we're all fine. The uh, not that I see race. I was just looking, like, like a, the the there's a you don't screen, see though. race, Dan. No, I don't. Okay, yeah. Who's that? What's that guy? He's got a red hat. That's what he is. That, that's Anatoly. We know him. Who's that guy? Mm-hmm. He's exotic. That's it. <laughs> Stand up. Show him how exotic you are. Whoa. That's all also, I see is the what, word exotic. What, what nationality are you? Uh, I am uh, Native Colombian and East Indian. Native Colombian and East Indian. But you have hair like a sexy Michael Landon. <laughs> Great. I love that. <laughs> it is sexy feathered hair. That's okay to say, right? You've That's got, not like a you've, stereotype. You've got great Warren Beatty shampoo hair. It's really good. <laughs> we all we, we all want to run our fingers with this guy's hair right now. <laughs> get, get over here. I'm gonna run my fingers. Oh, Jesus Christ, that's good. <laughs> can, can, can we pass him around like a bag of popcorn and just uh, have everybody do that? I, I mean that that sounds uh Racist? It's a, it honestly, obviously, it depends on him. Uh, you want to you want to go around and have people run their fingers through your hair? Just the front row, maybe. Just the front row. I mean, I mean, I, no. I, okay. I, I, I say people raise your hand if you want to feel his hair. I mean, I don't, oh, okay. Don't, don't, yeah, it shouldn't nice. it, it shouldn't be compulsory. Okay. All right. All right. Co- yeah. Co- Colombian and East Indian. That's, that's a right. good combo for hair. <laughs> okay, we've crossed the line into breeding. <laughs> That's good. That's good. How are you with kids? Uh, <laughs> can I trust you to take the prey down without piercing the throat? You'll just hold it. Wait, now, now you've made him a dog. That's what I. Well, that's the analogy. I was I'm just saying out. his coat is so soft and manageable. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> with that particular combination, yes. Yeah. 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 Um, <clears throat> they gotta let golden doodles into the dog shows, by the way. I got a fucking golden doodle. These things deserve to be recognized as the thoroughbred that they are. Okay. <laughs> All right. I love my, my golden doodles. Amazing. See, I watch the I watch that dog show. Those are bullshit dogs. They got like they, they, the dogs are all fucked up. They're all weird looking. Let my golden doodle in the dog show. All right. <clears throat> moving on. So the uh, or moving back. The there's a split screen online. The a photograph. There's the two cops. Boy, they look. They look. They look like. They look cool. The, co- the cops look like movie cops. They're, they're holding. They, they really look like they're posing. Wait, but... Which movie? Like, no, this is uh, the guy that got shot on uh, Hollywood and Highland. Somebody just brought threw the photo up in the writers' room today and said, "This is all I've seen." So I, I'm not a journalist, and don't, don't please forgive me for whatever you, you talk about it online. But um, they're, they're, they brought up a photo. It was a split screen. On the left side is a photo that was taken by just a bystander. Uh, who was there at the moment when this guy got shot? And there's a guy that's like down in the crosswalk, and his face is facing the, the camera, I think. And uh, 
you know, there's it's the it's Hollywood and Highland and uh, and the two cops like braced and like you know obviously scared and uh, they they just did this thing. And on the right side is the crime scene photograph <laughs> after everything's been cataloged and the guy's sitting there. It's the same same scene, but there's like little evidence like markers everywhere, like in the TV shows. And one of the more prominent ones is this evidence marker of this knife that the guy had, which is not in the left photo. It doesn't seem to be in the left photo. It seems like the left photo is just a dead guy in a crosswalk, right. uh, and then the right photo there's this knife that's there. That's what that's what it seems like. I I, I, I don't want to amplify things that uh, that are already not true, but that I'm, I'm reporting on the gossip. I'm not reporting like what day was this? Because I, I was in Europe and I didn't see any news. So I'm completely unaware of all of this. This was just I, I've now dumped all, everything that I heard today. Three days like ago? somebody just threw up the photo. So Hollywood and Highland. Uh, oh. it, both. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, on, on, on that very corner, you mean? Yeah. But isn't that where Hollywood High School is? No. No, no, no. That, that's what. That's what the. Um, that's Sunset, right? Yeah. 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 So like, a, a friend of mine. You know Chris Dermick, our buddy from the old. I've com- met him. Yeah, comedy sports days. He was driving down Hollywood, past Hot, uh, like uh, on Highland, past Hollywood, down to Sunset, where Hollywood High is, and he came to a stop at the intersection there, and he was two or three cars uh, behind the red light, waiting there, and. Kids were getting out of school, and the car in front of him, a dude got out of a car, a young, like a young like Latino kid got out, took a gun, walked up to a kid standing there, went bang, bang, shot him twice in the chest, got back in the car, and waited for the light to turn green. <laughs> and nobody it sounds did. like a time life book yeah. about like the old west or something. Yeah, exactly. And no one everyone's just like no one did anything because the guy's got a gun. So like so everyone just waited for the light to turn green. The guy and they, they drove off, but like like not just didn't just drive off. Like Politely waited for the light to turn green and drive safely away from the murder scene. Right. So then the you know, and this is that 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 is the world in which police work, and that's what gets brought up in the comment sections on the other side when we're all going like, "This is crazy. We're losing our minds. What is going on?" The other side is saying like, "It's a jungle out there, and it's crazy, and it's you know, like they're risking their lives." And nobody is wrong about any of this stuff but I, I, I think the only the, the, the person I'm going to go with and I'm putting a ribbon on this so I can move forward because I don't want to just like jump into this and go and then like run out um, I just want to put a little ribbon on it it's my my I, I, what I, the way I'm looking at it right now, because what we learned from the Garner thing is that this whole, like, God bless their fucking patient heroic souls, the Michael Brown family, you read their statement about the when the verdict came out and they they just, you know, they've, it was just, I don't, like, I don't understand a human being that could respond that way in this situation. Um, but they were heavily emphasizing, like, the need for cameras, 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 cameras on these cops. It's a hard job. Crazy shit happens for everyone's good. We're living in a surveillance state anyway. Why aren't there just cameras all over these people that, that are out there uh, risking their lives and protecting us um, so, that, so that we don't have to have these fucking crazy arguments um, but the Garner thing is on camera and it's like you watch a guy get killed and it doesn't really matter that much. So the, what is the important thing? What is our takeaway? The, uh, why am I do? why am I, what, what am I, like no other podcast can talk about this? Uh, what, what is my role in this world? What the fuck is Let's talk about community in a second. Um, the, uh, well, what is your role? Like why, why is it on your mind? 
Oh, well, I ju- it's just it's on everyone's mind. So I'm just talking about what's on everyone's mind. I, I I'm not. Spe- I sound like I'm speaking with authority because I'm speaking into a microphone and no one else is responding. I I am I am just awash in the sea of this. So it just sounds like I'm pontificating. I am pontificating, but I'm not like I'm, I'm, I'm not drawing on any kind of like decisions that I've made. My current takeaway is just like what this young lady said on. And NPR was like, I think we really need to seriously examine the way that we look at the role of police and the, the law. Uh, the, we, we, we have this philosophy evolving where we think that the first and most important thing is compliance. Um, and that if we have that, then laws won't be broken because everyone will be afraid of the police. And I think we're seeing about probably 60 years of that coming to the fruits of that are now like just rotting and falling into the street like it, and it's on the inner tubes now because everyone's got these little dangly doodles um and and so we're we're seeing now it's just like you know it's weird it's weird to have six people respond to a untaxed cigarette uh, sale it's 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 give them a ticket and, and and like it wouldn't nothing would have happened like just give give somebody a ticket for things that have to do with finance and let money do its beautiful beautiful work and and when people are being physically assaulted, like then that's where the guns and the chokings and the nunchucks and stuff should come out. Um, but I have no answers. But but we I, uh, I have questions, and our questions should have to do with first of all, how many people get killed every year by cops? We don't have those statistics, and and why does this happen? And if we're going to be a federal nation, maybe we should put the, the pedal to the metal and just fucking federalize and be fucking federal about everything. I never thought I'd say that, but Jesus Christ! <laughs> wow, uh, <clears throat> get off your lawn, indeed. <laughs> <laughs> Federal government, <laughs> knock a, it off, you states. I'm a bull mooser. <laughs> uh, I don't think I had anything else in my Evernote, unfortunately. Uh, uh, How, how's married life treating you? Oh, it's great. It fits like a glove, man. I uh, <laughs> I, w- I should have been married a long time ago. Cause look at me, look at this. <laughs> Can't do that single. I was. Uh, yeah. I know because I tried. It's a miracle I got married. What, what, like, what do you notice that's different about you as a person from being recently single to I'm recently relaxed. married? I think that you know the important thing about marriage is, and I was actually talking to an ex-girlfriend about this who's recently married and is now pregnant, and so we were having a little like uh, denouement, uh, <laughs> like uh, the the. The important thing about getting married is the realization that you, not that <coughs> the other person now can't leave. <laughs> it's, it's, it's that you don't want to. I know that sounds like a silly epiphany to have. <laughs> uh, logically, that's in the air, but, but, but emotionally, it really kind of hits home when you sit down. For me, it was like I was writing my vows, and I was like, you know, this is an hour and a half the, of doing something that I'll never, I've never had to do before, I'll never do again. What am I actually promising going into this union, and how do I, and what do I, what do I feel, and what's my job, and and all this, this is just sort of like clicking that happens, this docking of two pieces of a space station, you know, and, you just, and, they, and it's 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 someone, someone yelped <laughs> because it sounds like you're talking about fucking. Well, <laughs> I, 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 I think you I think you delighted a lady back there. <laughs> Mar- marriage, marriage is when this thing slides into this other thing. And- <laughs> uh, it really is.
is like a turn of the century uh, comedy show tonight. Uh, it just felt, you know, it feels like a, you know, now you have a, you know, you're, 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 you, you get to have a moment to yourself where you're like, I want to, I want to be married. I want to be married to this person. This person, that whole thing about somebody's, you know, accepting someone flaws and all, like it, it there is like this changeover from a mode where something's wrong you come home the, 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 there's no toothpaste i thought we said we need we need a toothpaste for like two weeks and instead of like getting haunted by the ghost of your dad and being like there's no toothpaste <laughs> you're just kind of like yeah there's no toothpaste i fucking signed up for this i don't know I, it's just kind of like 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 what am i what am i an idiot i married a woman that's not gonna buy toothpaste i'm not an idiot so there's no toothpaste who gives a shit what do i have an emotional fucking position about toothpaste it's everything it's just it's calms it's down it sounds like you might have a buried issue about toothpaste i well i did i bring that up because that was like a thing that was like a epiphany i had in the whose in job the, is the toothpaste is, is it a shared responsibility it's, or is it's it? nobody's job like like well, that's why you have no toothpaste you gotta you gotta sign <laughs> you gotta sign tasks and more, more importantly it's it's not gonna end the world if there's no toothpaste it's it's like it's like worth a very specific toothpaste size moment of grieving, as my couples therapist would say. You grieve you grieve the amount the amount that toothpaste deserves, which is about that much compared to like choking a black guy to death on a sidewalk. Wow! Like, like, Way to tie it in. That was nice. Yes, thank you. Like there's there's other stuff to get upset about. There's you know you don't have that doesn't mean that the toothpaste doesn't mean anything because we live in a police state. It just means that like you know. Pro- proportion out your your grieving. Like, how, what are you going to grieve about today? How much grief are you going to spend on the toothpaste? <laughs> it sounds very romantic. There was a crazy guy outside the gate. I'm glad I got that gate. <laughs> the, the gate at your place? But I'm glad I can call the police and say, he's outside the gate. Please come choke him. <laughs> The gate, the gate in front of your crib. There was a crazy guy walking around. <clears throat> yeah, he seems a little. He's a little touched. I think is that is that still a correct thing to I got, say? I, I I was just in Paris. I've never been to Paris before, and I've spent uh, about a week there. And uh, the crazy people there are fucking great. Like when you see a crazy guy yelling in French, it was like this. It was like artwork. It was really good. <laughs> I could watch this all night long. <laughs> he just sat, for all we know, Napoleon was homeless. <laughs> he just sat, we're like, okay, whatever you but, say, but also, sir. I, mean, I, 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 I think they have more theatrical training. I think, I think this guy had a great voice. He, he could scream all night. It well, it's really definitely cool. a language, does, you know, it's, 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 it's wheelhouse is, is, is passionate exclamation. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, like, like, oh, Pepe Le Pew, that's what I'm basing it on. <laughs> Pepe Le Pew never yelled like this guy. I mean, I saw a couple of guys that were really laying it down. It was it was like arias. They were really like they were riveting. By the way, Pepe Le Pew. When have we re-examined that through our new hashtag <laughs> lens? That is that is uncomfortable. Yeah, we got rid of uh, Speedy Gonzalez, but we didn't get rid of Pepe Le Pew. Uh, let's, let's have some agency for cats that get paint spilled on them. <laughs> Yeah, not only was it insensitive to French people that stink, uh, yeah. it, it, was, it was just the rapiest skunk in the world. Was that the idea that French people stink? Oh, yeah, Pepe Le Pew. French people have B.O. That's, that's why it's... That's absolutely oh, that's what it is. Not oh, nice. come on. That has to be it. He was based off Charles Boyer. He was based... Oh, Charles, Charles Boyer stink? No, no, because he's a lover. Oh, yeah, but, but also Pepe oh. Le Pew, the fact that he was a stinky Frenchman, that's... that's yeah. yeah. 
an actor that would woo women and right. women loved him. Oh, certainly, yeah. So the, the idea that French are lovers, absolutely. Yeah. But also... <laughs> No, no, he was trying to fuck cats. He, he was a, he, he, he was a, cr- a cross, he was like a cross-species raper. If a cat happened to walk by a white paintbrush and, right. and, and looked like a skunk back, so she was in deep shit. Yeah, and he said, you know, he window-dressed it with all of this romance, but clearly we knew he did not as take, an objective viewer that he was full of shit. Like, he, did, he did not take no for an answer. Uh. <laughs> He was very terrible. And the way they the way they drew the facial expressions on the on the cat, like it was a little, it was very realistic. Wouldn't you agree? As a, yeah, no, I would agree. Like, I remember as a kid, like pre pre hashtag culture. I'm remembering like being kind of a kid and being a little bit like just. I would. I didn't like the Pepe Le Pew car- cartoons, and I, I I didn't like the like the 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 cat was so she was so traumatized. Oh yeah, she she was horrified, horrified. She was like yeah, she was looking for the exits. It was well, the worst. <laughs> and the thing is, you were never rooting for Pepe Le Pew. Like like he like, he was. You were always rooting for like please get out of there. Like, I was. <laughs> I, I was I was never laughing at him either. I just didn't think it was you know. I think I think animals beating the shit out of each other is really funny. Yeah. Like, like, like Tom and Jerry is amazing. Like, this is like the things they do to each other. We know. I mean, this. All, I mean, all Pepe Le Pew ever wanted to do is go and do that. But he that just was... kept saying it over and over. Oh, I stroke you. I touch you. You, my, my love. My love. It's like he'd do it over and over again. Yeah. I know Wiley Coyote do the same thing over and over again too, but with different equipment. <laughs> All right. This is speaking of which. What was the Roadrunner? Was that was it? Was Roadrunner male or female? Callie, you're an animator. Roadrunner looked had big eyelashes. Kind of feminine, maybe. It was male. It was male. Roadrunner's a male. Yeah. Do we know that for sure? Is that just you? Just. I think so. You know what's weird though. This is Callie. Get up here. You're an animator. Callie. Callie Kazoo, everybody. Callie Fontecchio. Fantastic animator and artist extraordinaire. Hello. Hello, Callie. Good to see you. I uh, I was gonna say I think I'm pretty sure he's male, but it's weird over the years. If anyone's familiar with Tweety Bird, he's male, but he's been systematically turned into a female. Tweety Bird's male? Yeah. So the Tweety, the drawing of Tweety is actually based off a caricature of Bob Clampett's baby photo. Like that's a. It's just it was a joke of like, yo, you got this big stupid head. <laughs> really? Yeah. yeah. But like, and he was male. He's male. Oh, I guess you're right. I get that was a really successfully androgynous character because I never really thought about. I, I because kind of, of shocked marketing. to find out he's male, but I would also be equally shocked to find out he's female because I would be shocked to find out Tweety had a gender. Because you know what they realized? They were selling a lot of products to women, and then they slowly just kept putting like more hearts and flowers. And that's actually the last time I talked to someone who works in marketing there. That's their biggest thing of money that comes in like millions of dollars a year just on you, Tweety you go to Mexico there's Tweety Bird merchandise Tijuana everywhere like you go Tweety wanna. <laughs> I don't understand it there's like hookers standing up to their knees and shit with roaches crawling on them horses spray painted to look like zebras and Tweety Bird and I don't I keep trying to figure it out yeah they, they love Tweety and Taz they love Tasmanian oh, yeah, Double down there too yeah. and Popeye Popeye, really? Popeye's, yeah. There's no, so many like the, gangster Popeye. Wasn't, wasn't there a moment when, wasn't there a moment when Porky Pig crossed over into kind of, kind of like very feminine too, like big long eyelashes? Oh, well, they've all done that. That's like that's the running gag with all of them. I mean, like Bugs, half the time is making out with characters. Well, no, but, 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 Bugs right. is doing Groucho, where, where Groucho plays yeah. a lady. Like he's like, like, like he's doing a character yeah. where he plays a woman all the time and Bart Simpson does that too but but they started drawing we all do was it. it Chuck Jones <laughs> oh Chuck Chuck Jones is the one who's famous for drawing everybody with like 
like very effeminate eyelashes. That's that was his gag, mm-hmm. I guess, because like most of his cartoons have that, and you can see that even in like the Grinch movie that he did. Everyone's got the like, right, yeah, big super eyelashes. long eyelashes. How do we get off on this? What are we talking? I have about? no idea. <laughs> oh, we're talking about Pippa Le Pew. He's a yeah, very rapey <laughs> energy, and uh, yeah, I mean it's energy. It's you know he's like really he's really advancing himself on the woman. Yeah. Uh, and uh, and it was never. It would be a crime. It would it wouldn't be it would be less of a crime if if it was beloved. I just I can't, I've never met a Pepe Le Pew fan. Really? Yeah. I actually like they also they have I've seen a lot of merchandise for the girl. Like that will be on girly stuff. Really? Yeah. The yeah. traumatized like, girl. Like pajamas and things like <laughs> Because like that's cuz sometimes I think there was an episode where she does like fall in love with him. You're right. You're like and she, she goes she after flips him. it on him. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, oh, why does she, that happen? Does she, does she get knocked on the head or something? Yeah. She goes yeah, after yeah. him. Yeah, and, and then he's like he's like, "Oh, I, I, I be careful what you wish for." And then and then, yeah. and then he hates it. Once he's like, it's oh, turned on for him. some reason, I don't like it when they want it. See you next week. I am That's I am what true. they call uh, I am what they call uh, le top. <laughs> it, it was the only Looney Tune in history where Porky Pig came out at the end and said, I'll be I'll be I'll be I'll be out to think about it. <laughs> it was very lucid. <laughs> he didn't get very tongue-tied. Talk to your children about this. That's not all folks. Look into it. None of that would fly today, but they're all based on like sort of stereotypes and like kind of adult themes and things like that. Yeah. It's like I mean, someone stuttering, like we'd be like, oh, don't want to. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like like any kind of recognizable affectation, you're yeah. gonna, you're in a minefield now. But that's good. I think that's I I I used to I used to blanch at that, but now I'm like, okay, my challenge is to like somehow figure out. I have, to, I have to have conversations in the writer's room that aren't like, oh, it's like one of those guys that talks like this. <laughs> it's like, that's not a character. Um, right. I, it's, like, it's like, okay, you have to talk about, like, well, does he hate himself or does he love himself? Yeah. Does he, you know, like, like, like I, never, I never pitched that character that I just did. <laughs> uh, but, uh, all right, well, uh, oh, uh, before you go, uh, uh, what, John Crickfalusi, you know him, right? Yeah, I well, used to work for John. Tell him to come on the show. Oh, yeah, I, I think I did try, like, I, I ran into him at a Devo concert recently, but he's all frantic. And... That's the coolest sentence ever. Yeah. <laughs> John Chris Felucci, if you'd like to address the rumor that you're all frantic. Uh... It's actually, it's Chris Felucci. <laughs> wait, wait. It's Chris Felucci. Wait. No one ever says it right. I, I suffer from the same thing. No one can say my name. No, either. I don't even try your name. I don't even know. Fontecchio. Yeah. I think Jonah Ray once said Fonticelli on the Nerdist. I said it right when I brought you up here. Oh, well, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you're great. You, you got you got my name. It's, it's Italian. It's all phonetic. It's all. He's back five minutes and. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I could I could try to bother him again. Okay, Kelly <laughs> Fontecchio. Kelly Fontecchio, everybody. <laughs> They were blindsided by that. They're like, who's this lady? <laughs> Some of them were like, that's my friend. I have one of her uh, pieces of art. Uh, she drew a Roy Orbison. I have it hanging in my bathroom. <laughs> Every time I pee, I think of you and Roy Orbison. <laughs> not, isn't that nice? She's a very, very, very gifted uh, illustrator. And uh, I know it, I'm, I seem aloof while I'm saying that. Yeah, I'm uh, checking uh, my... Check her out, Callie Kazoo, right? Yeah. On what? Everything? Uh, everything. Everything. Kali Kazoo. All right. Crazy guys outside the gate. All right. All right. Wait, wait. Was there any danger with this guy? What happened? Was there... Was there any, he no, just... he was... Like, I, I, I nailed it with all of my projected speculation. Oh, that's right. It was crazy guy. I said French crazy guy. Pepe Le Pew. Kali Kazoo. Then, okay. 
<laughs> and Ticker too. I, 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 there was a guy. Aaron was texting me. She's, she's like, "There's this guy." It was, like, it was, started, it was like, like all these delivery guys would come over. Like, 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 like someone would be delivering something, like a wedding gift, and uh, and invariably they started just like, like, "There's a crazy guy out there." Like he told me he wanted to eat my face. He told me he actually he said he said he said uh, you to to the yummy.com guy. Uh, which Wait, so, so what? Aaron got busted ordering from Yummy.com that day. I want to know more about Yummy.com. I don't. I, I, she, she, Aaron's not here, but she, she'll tell you all about it. She's a stockholder now. Uh, <laughs> but uh, the Yummy.com guy said uh, that he that he this guy outside our gate told he, the Yummy.com guy that he had a disgusting face. Uh, and then he wanted to hurt him, and then and then Demorge, uh, uh, Harmontown uh, friend Demorge, uh, came by. Aaron was there was a birthday party for Dustin's girlfriend Elizabeth, and Demorge walked by the guy. He's still out there. He just like runs these long shifts, and he said he said something so awkwardly racist that it was almost not racist, but it was like er- an earnest attempt to be racist. Like he, ca- he called him something like. It was like it was really weird. Like 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 every, everybody that he walks by, he says something to that that makes them stop and go what? And then he repeats whatever he said, and then everyone goes oh, <laughs> and then walks away. So he's not physically hurting anybody. But I made the assumption I was like, is was he like, only in front of your gate, or is he kind of moving itinerantly around? He's, he's bobbing around that location, and I, and, and I, I was like asking Aaron like, How, how's he dressed? What does he look like? And I drew the conclusion. I was like. That guy is like a relative of one of our neighbors. He hasn't been around in a while. He has half a support system. Somebody is letting him out, um, and he's like he's like haunting these spots, and he's a little confused, and maybe you know, on the wrong meds or off. The half of them are having to, to drink with him, or something's happening, and he's kind of like. He's gravitating to the spot. I was fucking dead on because there was a guy, a party guest came by. I was like, knew who the guy was, knew who he was related to in the neighborhood and said, I'm going to call his mom and she doesn't know that he's at all this stuff. I was, I fucking nailed it. I'm, I'm like Dr. Quinn. Medicine woman. She's more intuitive than a regular doctor. Dan, doing a camera take doesn't save that bit. <laughs> you can't just appeal to fake people up. <laughs> all right, all right. So no more, no more. I got, I got, I got no more Evernotes. But, but, but the show's only just begun. I, I have a special, a special friend here. He's, he's, co- he's come to LA and he's, 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 he's bopping around doing special projects. And uh, uh, I, I saw on Twitter that he was in LA, and I've been uh, tweeting back and forth with him for a long time. He made one of the best shows in the uh, in the in the UK and the world. Um, he's a he's a he's he's no fluke. He's a repeated uh, British uh, TV showrunner with multiple successes, one of which you're a huge fan of. Um, if you're willing to come up here and have a little chit chat, please come up. Creator of Father Ted and the IT Crowd, Graham Linehan. Thank you. I think that the IT crowd transcends even the Anglophile like factor. Like I would assume everybody in this audience like probably is like 
the first to love like British shit more than American shit. It's a sort of. So yeah, I'm, I'm just trying to copy American shit. Yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah. It's a, well, that's a, that's a, uh, yeah. I want to talk about that in one second. The uh, the but but the IT crowd I think kind of stands out as this real like export. Like like I think people that which probably explains the continued attempts to <laughs> to Americanize it. Yeah. Which I also which, want to talk in depth about. Which is why I'm here as well. Yeah yeah yeah. That's what you're I here. Trying to help one of those attempts. Yeah. And the first attempt was was a little bit of a false start. They boxed you I out, I found right? out about it on the internet. Yeah. Uh, one day I saw, oh, the uh, pilot of the IT crowd uh, starts filming in a week or something. I was like, huh? And, um, yeah, they just didn't tell me about it. They it's, didn't tell me. They didn't know. I didn't get a single phone call or, or anything. In fact, I think you know... Um, the people who did it. Sony? No, uh, they, they, I think they wrote briefly on a little show called Community. Oh, you're, are you talking, wait, uh, wait, but you're, we're talking about, I know you're working with some of them now. No, but. no, no, that's, it's a totally different group. This, the first time was these guys who took over when you stopped doing it for a while. Oh, was that Port and Gracio? Yeah. They, yeah. they tried to do the first. Tried, I didn't even. I didn't make that connection. I didn't know that. Yeah. Now I, I, I try not to think about the whole thing. So, I hope I'm not incredibly wrong here. But yeah, I think it's the same guys. Might as well be. Wait, so, Port Gracio are doing what? The, they did the. They, <laughs> Brian Gracio did what? I think if I knew we were going to talk about this, I would have re, you know, looked it up again. But they did the original version of the IT crowd with Joel. Um, which is on online, and you can watch if you ah. if you are hating yourself particularly. <laughs> <laughs> there's a there's a there's a crazy like weird Velcro level uh, it, uh, coincidence factor in the relationship between IT crowd and community. I don't know where to. I don't know how much of it is causal and how much of it is completely independent of each other. Joel McHale was on that attempt to do the IT yeah. crowd. If if you're correct, Port and Gracio would really later supplant me. Uh, uh, we're, we're running it. Uh, Richard Iowate ended up directing a community episode. That's yes. less coincidence than we're just me being a fan of the IT crowd. But the the, the when uh, before Joel McHale was cast or even considered for the part of Jeff Winger on Community. Guess who I had dinner with? Uh, because people were jazzed about him, uh, and they really wanted me to meet this hot uh, actor. Chris O'Dowd was oh, going to really? be Jeff Winger, like possibly. I did right. a little dinner with him. I yeah, was like, yeah. But Joel McHale wasn't even on the table yet. That's like, so weird. God, that's th incredible. That's the one that really yeah. weirds me out. Because well, it might be because we're interested in similar things and themes, and, and we've got... I always thought community was the closest thing to an IT crowd because I don't think you can do my kind of comedy uh, in front of a studio audience over here quite as easily. I mean, I'm, w the one we're doing here is going to be in front of a studio audience, but I'm, I want to try and help make it kind of work more as a U.S. sitcom. Yeah, it's uh, going to be multicam this year. Yeah, yeah, I, I think, think that's, so. that's appropriate. The, 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 the multicam is not, by definition, stupid, and, and, and one need only watch a British uh, yeah, show or, or an old American show yeah, or Seinfeld. Sein I mean, Seinfeld's not that old. It's like, you know, that's the last big... Sitcom, isn't it? That kind of, uh, isn't it? There's yeah. Friends and. Yeah, but Seinfeld was. Did Seinfeld run after it? I can't remember. But anyway, you know, these aren't that old. And also, you know, things like Faulty Towers. Yeah. I, I just hate the idea of chucking all these things in the bin yeah. because they're 
supposedly out of date. You well, know? it's because it, like, they satisfied people so much, that form, that it became automatable. And so the craft got a little corrupted by the yeah. money. And so it's the practices that are associated with the format. Yeah. It's not like people can look at is there so the, the, the shows that break big because they really become culturally effective and make people really happy. They're multi-camp shows. Yeah. Um, and, and unless you start counting MASH or, or you know, uh, let's say Beverly Hillbillies. Uh, <laughs> uh, there's that, you know, single cam doesn't like it doesn't it doesn't have that that same chance of, of really becoming a culturally effective cornerstone it, it, i i do think it's a little bit of magic dust sometimes when you hear an audience laughing it, I mean, it, you know. but 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 and the important thing is when you, when you hear a real audience laughing oh yeah and when you hear them really laughing and i think that you have to just like you you bring them into a studio i almost think i'll ask you if it's true i think in the uk because it's less there's a lot less like super capitalistic like engine running yeah. the whole thing the little less like fever pitch like juice that baby up a little yeah, bit yeah. Uh, who's that guy in the front hey you know what who we're bringing in the hammer laugher he's, <laughs> he's uh, his, his name's Todd Hammer he laughs for $75 an hour he's a great laugher it's, it, it's, it, oh, I think it's just you might like, have a bit more technology as well mm -hmm. around it I mean really all the, the only manipulation I do is when I overrule the audience because they are they often laugh at things that either went, weren't meant to be funny or that aren't really funny and I just kind of go, no, you're overruled. <laughs> because the thing that really makes people think it's fake is when someone laughs at something that's not funny. Right. You know, but... Was uh, Father Ted multicam or was it all single? Fa uh, yeah, multicam. You did exterior stuff too. That was... Uh, yeah, like and we played it to the audience on, on monitors. Yeah. You know, I mean, you know, I'm very... I, especially since the internet, especially since I can actually talk to people, I'm really, really serious about making sure that every laugh is... You know, real and often, if you're, you, you know, what people don't realize is you're often going between three or four takes, and so the audience laughed, and then if we weren't to, to do anything to the laughter, the audience would just go, <laughs> and then it would just cut off, right. and then it would there'd be a kind of little giggle, and you just kind of make it. The audience is like an actor. They, mm -hmm. they, you're pretending. The audience suddenly has to. You have to suddenly pretend that they're uh, an audience watching a whole performance all the way through. I think it's a so. great energy to multicam stuff, like for the actors, because it's like putting on a play. You rehearse all week, and, yeah. uh, and there's laughs that get laughs all week, and some that go away, and some that change, and some sometimes on the night, the laugh that you was that was in the bank the whole time just doesn't work in front oh, of the yeah, audience. Oh yeah, yeah. And I, so there, there's an energy to the cast where you're always alive, and the writers are there. Pitching lines and there, there, there is a kind of an energy to a multicam. I, I love it. You know, I love when and when something doesn't get a laugh and and running out and and having a quick kind of intense conflab to yeah. try and. And sometimes it can be line. a pitch of a new line or just a, a, an adjustment of the performance of yeah. it, and that's that's magical sometimes. Yeah, yeah, it really is, and and it's uh, it's you know it's why I I like to do it. I don't do. I've done a show recently though called The Walshes, which is uh, single camera. Uh, and they're naturalistic actors. It requires uh, the camera to be up close, picking up the tiny little flickers. A an audience would only get in the way of that, you know. But there's some performers who I want to, they're kind of lifted on, the, on gales of laughter, you know. Uh, a guy I work with, Steve Delaney, who does a, a character called Count Arthur that I, I, I'm writing at the moment. Uh, you know, John Cleese in, in Faulty Towers. Mm -hmm. You know, he's just, you can't imagine some of these shows without, like Kramer. 
you know, Michael Richards in, in Seinfeld, you know, he, he, uh, without laughter, he would just be a kind of weird. Right. <laughs> but also, it's also holding for real laughter. When, when you come in and something magical happens and there's a laughter, that, there's a laugh that you actually, like Carol Burnett show, where they would hold for these giant laughs. Oh, yeah, that's great, too. And, and then, like, like you, you as, a, as a viewer watching through your TV, like I was a kid watching, like, Carol Burnett on my carpet in front of my big Zenith TV. It's like you, you felt like you were part of that audience. You were part of the tribe yeah. but when you were watching that. I just don't think, I think it's just, it's just at the moment, there don't seem to be many good shows that, that have an audience, you know, but it'll change. There'll be one big show. It'll be great. Everyone will love it. And, and, and suddenly everyone will be like, why are you doing single camera stuff? It'll you know? be the IT crowd because I'm sure you're at a great network that respects comedy. <laughs> <laughs> Where I, is it? NBC. All right. <laughs> This one's going to last forever. <laughs> I can't have this conversation <laughs> into a microphone. Yeah, Dan, no, you can't. Dan, Dan, uh, Dan, don't, don't, don't take him down with you. No, yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, I'm still in bed with them. There's still, you know, and community is now owned by three entities now. One of them is NBC. I, I, I can't, I, you know, I can't, I can't begrudge them. Like we've, got, we've got uh, Chevy Chase doing Douglas, though. That's, uh, oh, that's good. <laughs> Yeah, so. that's fantastic. Do you, uh, do you, you, you're gonna, sorry, you're gonna, you you're gonna need to go single camera for some <laughs> elements. That He's, he is more machine than man. Uh, the, uh, the um, I wanted to ask is you. Is this you, on camera, actually? Yeah, yeah, it is. So is that, do is I look okay? okay? Do I look awkward? You, you look great. No, you, you, they, is, they is call you I, Irish Dan Harmon. Okay. <laughs> That's all I ever want. <laughs> um, Which the, they call that an Irish compliment. <laughs> <laughs> are, you, are you familiar with the phrase Irish medicine, or is that a horrible American phrase? No, like, I've never heard of it. But heard my, of it. Uh, Irish medicine. Yeah, my, is that just medicine that doesn't work? It's... Me, it's <laughs> Irish medicine is saying to somebody who thinks they're having a heart attack but probably isn't, should I call an ambulance? <laughs> that's a great, that's a great. Uh, Irish like, people would really approve of that. That's great, that's great. That's, uh, yeah, Irish breakfast is a whiskey and a cigarette. What is it? <laughs> that's, that's a Mexican breakfast. Okay, all right. We had a book of American slang and it was just filled with, it was just like yeah. everything's like a Chinese landing is a crash and okay. Uh, <laughs> You guys are going to be okay. <laughs> if the book was written in 1903, yeah. and you're going to be fine. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that, that book was flagrant. It yeah. was really amazing. I mean, it was really amazing, the formula that would develop. Like, everything that's Chinese was, was backwards, was an inversion, and everything that was Mexican was, like, slightly less so. Oh, this is a real book? Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. uh, and it was just like, oh, you get to the C's and the M's, and it was like... <laughs> like, like okay, this is a so, whole book of just racist terms. Yeah. <laughs> it's called a, a Dictionary of American Slang, but it was really just... Like it could have easily been called a dictionary of racist like uh, modifiers. I saw I saw a book today. I was in Barnes and Noble and I saw a book today that was called something like uh, I don't know what it was called. It was called something like one bit of it was normal, but the other bit was crazy. And it, it was the, the subtitle of it was something like the guns of bad men. It, it, was, it was a book of guns, and it was just this is like a, a an encyclopedia of of guns of bad men. Gun, guns like bang bang or yeah, like but that's how it was written. 
The Guns of Bad Men. Like, like someone like, thought, like, like, what like, do we call this book? The Guns of Bad Men. <laughs> it's is it just, like, like Billy the Kid or who? Yeah, like, yeah. Like, it was like, only this is his weapon. He used this kind of thing. Uh, but it was just that weird title. I just guns, thought, yeah. Well, maybe that was just men? like, that was the end of a long dinner with like a frustrated <laughs> literary agent. It was, it was like, no, God damn it. Because I, no, triggers and tribulations. Uh, <laughs> uh, and, the, and the lit agent was like, do you understand everyone regrets buying this book? <laughs> We're going to be lucky to sell five copies. I'm going to title it for you, all right? It's like, oh, yeah, you wish you could. Yeah? Fucking. The one guy at the back who never gets to talk. Going to Batman! <laughs> I wanted to ask you, you brought up John Cleese, who is credited with a thing that exists in the UK that doesn't exist in American TV culture. I, ta- I, I heard this from, I think, Edgar Wright. Uh-huh. Um, was ty- I, I can't there's a phrase for it something to do with four seasons and out like do you know what I'm talking about no. Faulty Towers was four, four you guys call two. them series we call two them series. series oh two yeah only 12 episodes of I'm already Towers. wrong and I haven't even started <laughs> but there was like there's a set amount of episodes that a British TV writer yeah. <laughs> looks at as being dignified and yeah, beyond yeah. that you're just like what I am love, I American I love that I love that uh, <laughs> I love that Simpsons joke uh, where it goes, uh, Britain's longest-running sitcom. See all eight episodes next week. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, but it's it's because we don't we don't. It, there's not really a team writing culture, uh, right. and and so you can get burnt out. You know, like f- I was quite proud of getting as many series of IT crowd as I did because it was when you write on your own. You know, it's just not. I realized too late. This is. I'm not enjoying this, oh. you know. <laughs> like, I, and, I t- and you get worse and worse every year. Not you, me, yeah, the, the royal you. Uh, uh, the, 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 I, I, I just like I feel like I'm dragging my brain along concrete, and it's yeah. like this dog yeah. that won't heal. And and and, and, and I'm like, in order to be as good as a season five episode story, I have to like. I just have to hurt myself, and it's kind of sad. Yeah, yeah. But do you feel that that even with a team? I mean, I mean, isn't it easier? The team isn't it fun? can only. I mean, like, like the team has this tremendous amount of power. Um, if I ask them for fifty names for a new disease, if I if I if I can quantify it, if I can if I can give them instructions. They are so much more talented than than I could ever be about like jokes, you yeah. know. And, and but it's there's I'm a victim of my own uh, Christ mythology. Like I I I I'm, I've 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 been fired and rehired, and I can't. These kids that are the only people that would work for me, they're they're so talented and so reverent. There's no I can't I can't just say. You guys, you guys write a story. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's like it's yeah. just coming and wait for me to get tired of Minecraft, uh, and then like, okay, now he's now he's going, he's going, he's going. It, it, I, I don't know. I, it's, I have, I'm not a good leader. I, I don't know how to run a room. Right. He said it. He said it. He said it. Fire him. Fire him. <laughs> yeah. The, the, the last time I said that, yeah, it was. But it's uh, still, it must be better though than. I mean, the whole thing, the conversation with me goes, is this funny? And then I say, I don't know. That's, <laughs> that's what I do all day. Yeah, you know? I, I, I mean, I, yeah, I defer constantly. I love, like, the, my favorite thing is if I, can, if I can write a story, if I can come up with something, and then I can, I can actually go through the script, and then I finally learned this after, like, four years of, do, of doing a TV show, like, how to, that you're supposed to just do this. Like, like write a shitty script, but have it make some semblance of sense and like then go through 
and then you put like a I put three question marks. I don't know who taught me that. I don't know if that comes from one show or another, or if that's a standard thing, but three question marks. And then like Chang comes in and says, um, they go, where were you? And he goes like, I'm, I'm an hour late because question mark, question mark, question mark. Uh, I, I fought a German shepherd over a butterscotch candy and I lost. Yes, yes. And it doesn't, it's not funny and it doesn't matter. And then I just ship it out to a room full of geniuses. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who oh, work for Colbert that. and, and The Onion and, and Lampoon so, and everything. And they, and they return to me a, the same script. So it says, Chang enters the room. Where were you? I got fought. And then there's a list separated with slashes. And it's just take your pick. And it's just yeah. embarrassingly long. Yeah. And they love it. Because in that room, there's no wrong answers, and they just get to they just get to flourish. I'm sure there's all kinds of horrible emotional things that happen to them in there, but <laughs> they they don't want me in there. And, really? And, and not, do no, you because it room? would be weird. Actually, I used to joke right. about I, I never go in there, but they're like, we don't want you in there. Really? Like, yeah, we don't. Oh, I hate that. I'd like to be in there. <laughs> I'd like to just you know I don't know to help or to judge. No, no, to to help, to kind of to, to have people make me laugh yeah. rather I have than f- sitting and li- smelling my own farts all day. You know? <laughs> yeah, well, I yeah, I, I used I, I uh, Twitter's uh, been interesting on some of that because sometimes people suggest things and uh, you know and you rarely get something good, but God, someone said something brilliant and they said uh, they said <laughs> it's really funny. They just said uh, I was on the toilet today. And I couldn't get up because the cat fell asleep in my trousers. You, <laughs> you, can, you can have that one for free. I was like, I will indeed have that, that a, one. That is a good, that's a good little shit. slice of life. What a great reason for someone to be late. Yeah. I did, I, all, I added, all I added was uh, I didn't have the heart to move him. <laughs> that's a great little yeah, specific. Yeah. That's what the, like, good, good comedy writing is. It's like a little specific textural. Oh, little. Shit. And another, another thing happened uh, on the last series there was um there was a competition uh that was done for some charity so i you know couldn't say no i didn't want to say no but they said um the 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 thing that was auctioned was uh, a chance to be uh get your name in my in one episode of my new show you know so i said okay thinking the name would be roger smith or whatever you know and the name came back and it was rocky fuglar hegarty <laughs> What a bonus! That, that, that is a Monty Python name. Yeah, <laughs> but it was kind of a bonus, but the show I'm doing at the moment is sort of set in the real world, uh. so I was trying to figure out a way. <laughs> and we just kept... Fi- and, and finally, I, I, I got in touch with them, and I said, are you... Because I was finding it so hard to place it. And I was like, are you serious? Is that really a name? Is that a real name? You know, that was the competition. Don't give me any fake made-up names. And I said, no, no, that's our dog. Our dog is Rocky, and our family name is Fuglar Hegarty. Ah. Oh, sorry. I, th- I thought that was funnier as an ending. <laughs> no, that's but a little disappointing. Wait, no, wait, kind but, of but, annoying. But, but Fuglar Hegarty is funny in its own right. I guess, yeah. yeah. If the name was Tim Fuglar Hegarty, it's still <laughs> that funny. Would, it would still be bad. So in the end, a guy is, has to kind of make up a fake name, and he, yeah. he, so it worked that he was... Uh, I, I, hate, I, I hate making up names. Like, it, it, me it, too. My scripts are filled with... It's like the casting director goes nuts and she goes like, "Do you understand these are human beings?" And like, like, I can't, I, I can't, you know, I can't you know, offer the part of suit guy to Jeff Goldblum. Like, it's, I, 
a, a sweater person and an other guy. Do you know who's, uh, who's amazing at that is um, Arthur Matthews, who co-wrote uh, Father Ted with me. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's the one who came up with names like, you know, Father Noel Early. Yeah. Uh, and uh, on, on Toast, the new series he's doing with Matt Berry. Yeah. Clem uh, Fandango. Clem Fandango. Yeah, Clem Fandango. No, I won't Clem Fandango. Ray, 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 Ray Purchase. Purchase. Ray Purchase. Ray Purchase. I mean, probably a lot of you have seen uh, Toast of London, but if you've not seen Father Ted, please go rent that because it is delightful. It's oh, so fucking funny. Thank you. Thank you. I do, I do want, so you guys got, IT Crowd got a fifth season, like commissioned. Like they said, give us a fifth series. Yeah, uh, well, I, they wouldn't have turned it down. I, I don't think I ever kind of And then you just it like, you, Oh, no, no, I know what happened. I, I tried to write a fifth season and I just got really tired and I thought, no, this, this is done. But I had enough <laughs> ideas left to make the special. So, because I really wanted to do uh, Douglas doing Secret Millionaire. And, uh, and, and I had one or two idea, other ideas that I thought were funny. And so I just really tried to squeeze them all together. And that's, that's, did that's you, it. and then when you moved on to something else, did you find a rejuvenating energy? Yeah, okay. absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> I, I, and I, I'll, I'll write Community Forever, but, but, but I, I, it's just like, man, it is like, like flint against... Steel, but it's like a it's like Minecraft. A, it's just a machine. <laughs> it's just a machine over here, you know. Just the desire for more. I mean, I, 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 The Simpsons blows me away. I, you know, all, all due respect to the, to the. I hear it's gotten really good again, or or like one season ago, it was really good. But, you know. It's just crazy how long it goes on. And you South know? Park too. It's like just like endless. It's amazing. I can't imagine how the uh, how the Simpsons is able to, like, fi- like I, I, it's. I just don't understand how they can sit there and go like, "What if Bart? Yeah. <laughs> what? What if Bart? What?" <laughs> Wasn't there a thing? I, I, I don't know if it was Sam Simon telling me this or somebody. Would they do a thing where they would they would have like two like you, you, they would write two different bowls of, of paper? Like there was a, there was a line of A stories and B stories, like a garage sale, and then someone goes to the moon, and then they just pick two at random. Really? And they would, I don't know if that's true. And I can that was great. Do you, know, do you know what I used to love about The Simpsons? The way you you can look at an episode of The Simpsons, like in the in the golden 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 age, and the opening 60 seconds will happen and you'll have no idea what the rest of the episode yeah, is. Yeah, yeah. No, that was that was delightful. Yeah. yeah, I was very inspired by that. I don't I don't I don't do that on community or anything but 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 like I I think that's so fucking cool because the the it, it's you cannot you're like oh the, this, this episode, episode begins about? with like oh, uh, this is hey the... Marge where's the little watermelon let's go we gotta go get more watermelon and then, and then part, seven minutes into it you're like oh this is the outer space one yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's incredible it's so weird but the thing the thing about it is I think I think the the big biggest problem with it is because they're the same age um, there's only so many times they can do certain emotional storylines like yeah I, I used to love when the simpsons got sad like you remember when uh, uh homer met his mother yeah. and and the shot of him watching uh, just watching yeah. the highway at the end oh my my, my favorite is when uh Le- dustin hoffman is the substitute oh. teacher yeah. I, you are lisa simpson and somebody was telling me there was a there was a change on that the, the, the script yeah, i said, spoke to him on twitter about that what was he it? said he said he, he said he still loses sleep because the line "You are Lisa Simpson" didn't have an exclamation mark. But it's it. better without it. It's better without it. It's He's f- crazy. I, I cry every time I say it. I oh. cried the first time. I'll still cry right now thinking about it. It's the best. Yeah. No. And, and the exclamation point would have would have for, for me well, would have softened it a bit. It, it or might have given her a fright. 
Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Why are you yelling at me? <laughs> is, that, is Spencer? I didn't see Spencer when I came in. I don't know. Do we have a Spencer? He's taking the week off. Yeah, he's oh, not coming. Oh, shit. This what show is I, even better organized than it appears to be on the, <laughs> <laughs> I'm listening at home. But I was impressed that he actually exercised the... and said, like, yeah, I'm going to think I'm going to take the week off. And, that, and then I said, you know, uh, Jeff's coming back and uh, Graham Linnant's coming. And his text back was, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Which I thought meant he might come. Uh, but I think you maybe he... Yeah, that's that's a good. That's a way to connect that dot. <laughs> it's good to be back. <laughs> you you missed Adam Goldberg, didn't you? Oh uh, well, uh, no. <laughs> hey Adam, how you doing, man? Are you here? Yeah. Uh, good to see you, brother. I haven't yeah. seen you in a long time. So you're working you're working with my old friends Neil uh, Goldman and Garrett Donovan who yep. started Community with me. They were they were if there if there's a Community biopic whatever that would be like the story of uh, the behind the scenes of Community. I, there's no way you can make me the protagonist because I'm a psychopath. Uh, <laughs> who, would you, who would you cast as you I, in that biopic, Dan? Uh, Robert Downey Jr. The, <laughs> It's embarrassing that you had to ask. The, 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 uh, the lack of hesitation is what's embarrassing about it. Uh, it's, 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 it's that kind of uh, uh, gallant wit that only RDJ could uh, capture. Um, the, 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 the protagonist of the movie about the making of Community would have to be Neil Goldman because, uh, he, 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 because he's like got, you know, he got assigned essentially to, you know, he had an overall deal with this company and they got assigned to kind of wrangle this show by this guy who had never run a show. And I, I always wonder about the world from his perspective well, back he's, then. He's, he's over his there. memories. Hey, hey, Neil, do you ever, you ever, you ever want to come up and uh, talk about uh, anything? Okay. <laughs> That's why he's. I mean, I call him the schmoo uh, back then because he's like he's politically facile. Like he knows he's 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 got a bigger house and he's he's gonna work longer and has worked longer because he knows how to how to you know he's he doesn't have the Played ego again. and the like the the uh, yeah what do you call it the backbone. <laughs> wow. Graham, who, pl- who plays you in the biopic about oh, you? Oh, shit, no, I don't have a fast answer. Damn it. I'm, I'm no. going to go Liam Neeson. No, I'm going <laughs> to. What is it about Liam Neeson? I don't know. Like <laughs> He's Irish. <laughs> I like the way Liam Neeson suddenly is the guy you call to kick ass now. It's amazing. I, I, they got my number. I'll watch it anytime. <laughs> Liam Neeson uh, fighting a pumpkin. I don't care. <laughs> Okay, Dan, 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 how would that go? Wait, wait, hang on, hang on. Wait, hang on, hang on. Let, let me see if I can find a, 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 a sound cue for that. I think I might have it. What if I guess, uh, I Is this the trailer? This is the voiceover from the trailer for the Liam Neeson versus a pumpkin movie. Okay, I don't have the music. You just, you just go. I want you to understand something. Pumpkin's just lying on the floor by the phone. (laughs) I'm trained to handle things like you. You're orange. You're round. I don't give a fuck. 
I have a certain set of skills. I don't, I'm not gonna, I'm, now, I'm, now I'm just doing like the weird Al Yankovic version of I the, can the, stump things. <laughs> it's probably, it would be more, more interesting if Liam Neeson was warning you about pumpkins surrounding your camp. <laughs> they don't care if you're... Hey, have you seen the Jurassic Park trailer? Uh, I, saw, I, saw, I, saw, like, I saw like a little Ooh, are people teaser. cheering for it? The park doesn't is open. Wait, doesn't there's, it look there's, bad? There's a, there's a yeah. new Jurassic Park? Yeah, yeah. But, but there's a line in it. There's a line in it that's the worst trailer line I've ever heard. It's unbelievable. No, no, that's not it. There's, uh, there's um, apparently they've created a new super dinosaur, right? Right. Yeah, and, so. and that's established. And then, and then later on, halfway see that, through. See, right there, that's a good said, movie. That's a good movie so far. <laughs> yeah, so far. So but far. This, is, this is the trailer bit. And if this is in the trailer, can you imagine what the film is like? Um, <laughs> but he says, um, he says, someone, someone says, uh, that de- he says, that depends. And someone says, that depends on what? And he goes, that depends on what kind of super dinosaur they've created in that lab. <laughs> no, I did not I mean, see that's that. That's not it exactly, but uh, that's more or less it, isn't it? <laughs> what the hell is that? Yeah. That's that, not a that, cool that, line. That's, like that's a, not yippee ki motherfucker. That's <laughs> shit. That's like in the 50s Fucking when they called hell. spaceships spaceships and, and ray guns yeah, and yeah, robots. Yeah. That's and, like if, if you were asked your 90-year-old father to tell you what the film was about. <laughs> Apparently there's a huge dinosaur in the lab. It's like, you know, and it's the fastest I've seen. I mean, that guy from um, Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah, it feels like, oh, that's a, that feels like a bad decision. You to know? be in that movie, I think he'll be fine. Yeah. He'll be I fine. I he, think the film might be bigger than him, and it might... Like, there's a bit when he's racing raptors. What's he doing racing raptors? I, he's going he's gonna to be the sexy, awesome raptor trainer. I know. I, I, I know wait, wait, it's like, like we were talking I, about... I, I, like, lear- I learned from Jurassic Park 1 that... Velociraptors are cheetah speed. Yeah, he's gonna be. That's the thing. Is like there is a, there's a little bit of insidious genius to that. I can't tell if it's the dumbest thing or the smartest thing in the world. That the raptors, which are the you know the Ron Silver uh, in Heat Vision terms of the uh, wow. first movie. I couldn't I couldn't think of another analogy. The 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 I can't. My brain is dying. They're, they're, the, they're the Ed Two O Nine. The Ed Two O Nine. That's great. Thank you. The Ed Two O Nine of the first movie. Like they're you know the that impulse in a sequel to like uh, oh what they're. Oh, they're the good guys. They're now. the good guys. Because so, you see a oh, shot of like Chris oh, Pratt on a four wheeler, and there's like raptors running alongside him, like golden retrievers. He's like, but I, was looking at that. I was thinking, <laughs> I was thinking I, is he racing them or are they chasing him? I they think, better I, be chasing I, him. I think he's showing up to save the day. Because here's what I think about Chris Pratt's character. Here's my prediction: like there is a cheetah speed guy, and now he's the bad guy. There's a, there's a, there's got to be a guy that's like, come on, you raptors, come on, you lot. Yeah. He's got <laughs> he's got to be British, you know. And, and, and Chris Pratt comes up and goes like, they don't respond to negative reinforcement. <laughs> Oh, yeah? <laughs> well, you know who else didn't respond to negative reinforcement there? <laughs> King Kong. He was a bigot. He's just as dead as all these fucking lizards are gonna be. <laughs> just gotta disagree with your attitude. And then, and then and he's like, well, let's see you get this lot into the cage. And then he's brought his own raptors from like site nine or something. And he goes like, Rutger, Zippo. He blows into Sam Neill's uh, esophagus mold. And, and the raptor's like, oh, hey, and they, and they go, they do what they're told, but they're kind of like, there's a begrudging respect. He's like, he's, he's like, yeah. he's like, he's like, how'd you get them to do what you want like that? And he's like, I didn't get them to do what I want. I let them do what they want. 
And he's hit that, Chris Pratt has hit that sweet spot where it's like he's, all the women wanna, want him to make out with him and all the men don't mind. <laughs> And that's the key. You don't want to. You don't want to get into that yeah. Tom Cruise yeah, gutter where it's like, like fag. All the men are like, yeah, I can. Are, are there any? Uh, are there any kind of comic relief moments with Rutger and Zippo? <laughs> <laughs> I, no, that would be doing it bad. You want the Raptors to be badass, and you want Chris Pratt to be like the voice of them. You know, it's like you gotta let them. You gotta let them be cool. They're clever girls. Uh, I think, but he'll be cool because I mean, the thing in, in, in American movies, going from TV to movies. There's like there's some rule. It's like you you get, you get two movies. You get you get you could do a shitty movie and then a good one. There's like math you can break down. Like Seinfeld couldn't survive it. Like the the math is unforgivable. Like going from TV to movies. You but if you if you go from TV to movies and you get like you, you, you can hit like these thermal vents of success and then you have a 25 year career. Yeah, Matthew McConaughey. Like he he went away and now he's he's riding high in a thermal right now. <laughs> I'm just speaking strictly about like TV oh. actor. You know, uh, like like go, making that jump where it's like because there is that like we kind of haze people. We go like what I don't want to watch Eddie Murphy in a movie. <laughs> Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah. yeah. Anyways, anyways how about how about those cops, huh? Hey, yeah. I see. I see your retweets. You're kind of a dissident. You're a. You're a. <laughs> you're 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 a, you're a, you're a, you're on the side of the of the of the anarchist. Uh, yeah, you know. I'm on. No, I'm on the side of people who don't kill people for no reason. <laughs> but you know. But you know. It's a bold. Like, it's a bold stance, Grandpa. <laughs> But, for, uh, for, for an Irishman, if you just for Irishness. That's... <laughs> but no, I, I just I just think that I try and retweet things that aren't going to inflame things. I try and be careful. I try and I, I you know after a few early mistakes on Twitter, I, I'm very careful before I tweet something that looks like it's gonna just kind of burst into flames. You know what yeah. I mean? So uh, do you address? If you, because I know you, you don't, you don't. But you, you know, we, what, what you were sorry to interrupt, but Dan, but what you were saying earlier. No, fuck uh, you. It's the, it's, <laughs> it's the, it's to me, it's the most fascinating thing because it's the, it's the camera thing. It's the fact that we all have cameras, and it's not. It's all this stuff has just been going on forever, and now we can just see it, and it's like a light's been switched on. And everyone's going, oh, look at all this shit in here, yeah. you know? And, and that's what I just find fascinating about it. And I think that I like to try and um, make the light reach further. And I got a big follow, I got, you know, for me, a big follow, following. So uh, I get to, you know, spread it about a bit. This <laughs> so, is an interesting analogy. People tend to think of it in terms of bandwidth or like, uh, uh, like extra channels and things. But to think about it in terms of like we've been groping around in the dark yeah, you uh, know. in candlelight or something and then they have the lights go boom. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and there's this sort of like oh my god uh, uh, that person looks completely different than I thought they did there's more there's more people over here they, were, they weren't even making any sound now I can see them uh, and, 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 and there's some people that are reacting to that there's, some, there's part of the human instinct that you scream in terror and you start doing crazy shit and then there's other people who are like wait we can scientifically find out more now yeah and, and, but, but the, the, the problem for the police I think is that I would imagine there's a few systems that they have in place you know, if you get, a, you know, if, they, if you shoot a guy and it'll just drop a knife near the thing and, you know, but that doesn't work anymore because now there's two shots and do you know what I mean? And everyone gets, and, and I don't think that, 
I think that they're just going to have to adjust. Yeah, <laughs> it'll be interesting to see how that plays out, though, because it's like I, we have this like overwhelming tendency to side with the system that keeps us safe at night, and it does keep us safe at night. And it's like the, the, one of the most disturbing things uh, that, that, that we're seeing is the is the revelation of I think as Jeff has always said, we're a right of center country. Um, we, we 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 can say we can talk all we want about how we have a bipartisan system and blah blah blah. We are we are in, a, in, a, in an empirically ideological spectrum. We are right of center. We are a we're a fucking empire. We'd have to be right of center. We we can't be centrist and control the planet. Um, we we have to have like a conservative slant on things. We like the way things were yesterday a little bit more than we like things are going to be tomorrow. Yeah, we didn't have to think about any of this stuff in the past. You know, the cops were great, uh, criminals were bad, and even if we don't like cops, even if we even if we you know like have no reason to love them, and it's not going to line our pocketbooks or anything, there is a muscle that flexes. When somebody says in an article, you know, this guy's a, forget about cops. Like, forget, you know, let's let's broaden this out into. Um, I don't want to. I don't want to fan flames with my language, but can we just can we just speak and stuff? The 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 rape culture consciousness. The, the this whole thing. Everything that we're talking about right now. There's a phenomenon that happens. I think when you read a piece, when somebody is activated, and somebody is being an activist, and they're writing an editorial piece. There's a muscle you, that I feel that reacts like before I even know what I'm doing. Yeah. I, I want to compensate because I don't want to all at once just be told that everything is darkness and blood and uh, terror and 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 wrong and and what I thought was black is white. And but I, I think I, the way you can the way you can uh, you know live in the modern world and 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 be okay about it is you got to think to yourself you're helping the good cops, you know. The good cops don't do stuff like this. Right. So if you're if you're shining a light on the bad cops, you're helping the good cops. So if we want to help the good cops, we've got to we've got to do this. We've got to try and 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 get the word out about the bad cops. You know. But when do you get mad? You, you said you retweet. You like you you kind of curate. You present these articles, and I click on them, and I go, "Wow, Graham's a, this, is, this is the kind of guy I want to be." Like he reads. Um, <laughs> I just click on what you read and uh, I skim it and I go you know what's fucked up <laughs> there's these drones um, they're everywhere just trust me uh, the, the, uh, I, I, w but it's like when uh, when do you are you ever are you ever supposed to say uh, it's a dumb question because it's like it, it, it's a it's a case by case basis. I think there's some people on Twitter that we want to. I don't want to hear what Angie Harmon has to say about. <laughs> I don't want to hear what Dan Harmon has to say. Probably so, like, like 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 there might be other people that are, it's like yeah fuck yeah I want to hear what Pat Oswald has to say about. But it's the it's the other people I'm more interested in the you know the people who are like near the scene and take a picture there yeah. the, you know or. They're the people. I, that's the, one of the reasons I love Twitter. It's, I mean, it's brilliant being in touch with people like you and you know other people I admire. But but it's also great to when something happens to drill down and find the first person who saw it. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's you the know. thing when you talk about like the light coming on and, and seeing all the cockroaches that we didn't know that were there in the kitchen floor. Uh, yeah. Now my like the, the implied fear for me is that the light can go out, and when that light goes out, we're that's all going to be we're going to be fucking horrified. That, that's why I I think everyone should be a member of the uh, EFF over here, uh, the Open Rights Group in the states. You should you should the thing you should fight more than anything else is your internet rights. Because we suddenly have this ability 
to see, you know, uh, and to talk to each other, you know, we can, we can and, and it's being chipped away all the time, you know, just little things, you know, kind of like net neutrality and all that sort of stuff, they're constantly trying to stop us from talking to each other. But, you know, we're, we've suddenly got a bit more power now. We shouldn't give it up easily. We're going to look back on these days and we're going to be like, holy shit, you could... Yeah, can you, you could... imagine? I mean, you know, don't, don't you... I mean, I think there's a lot of bad things about it. It feels sometimes that I don't know as many... Don't have as many physical friends in meat space, as they say, <laughs> that I, as, I, as I used to. And, and the people I know on Twitter and so on, I know them in a very kind of light way. I mean, you can literally just make them go away if you want, if you want to. I think all that's a bit sad. But at the same time, I think, I think there was some way in which we were all a bit lonely before this. <laughs> and suddenly we can all talk to each other. I think that's incredible. You know? And when people used to kind of come down hard on Twitter and Facebook, I used to get really annoyed because like, like the social network film just really annoys me. Because, his, <laughs> because Sorkin there is just basically like, you little nerds. You know, he, he said in an interview, he said in an interview, uh, they said to him, are you on Facebook? And he says, no. He says, isn't this, isn't this fine? Having a conversation? <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, not everyone gets interviewed by journalists. <laughs> you know? And you see it as well, comedians, you know, making fun of it. Not everyone's, you know, got a microphone in their hands, you know? And it's, it's this kind of jealousy of, of wanting to preserve the stage to yourself because you're a writer. Or a, you know, it used to be that, you know, when Aaron Sorkin opened his mouth, everybody would listen and no one would be able to talk back to him. He hates that people can talk back to him. <laughs> is, that, is, that, is that, I mean, it's probably the, the part of me that overlaps with Aaron Sorkin thinks that probably another thing he hates because before he hated it, he had some dalliances. Yeah, he had he had a couple like I did. Like I when I got rehired for the fifth season of Community, I was like I was on a high and I wanted to have a conversation with people. I wanted to I felt good about myself again. And within three conversation threads, I created four TMZ headlines, and and, <laughs> nice. and, and, and then I recoiled and I was like, well, Reddit is. I could have easily said, well, Reddit is stupid. What I instead said, I probably say that all the time, but 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 the I what I what the real the reality is is Reddit. It is not for me right now until yeah. I am back to being a, uh, a, a conversant on equal ground. There's weird, th there's weird things out there. As the, the whole hashtag out outrage thing is so annoying, and it, it's, it, I, I, I agree with Patton Oswalt that it's uh, that it's dangerous for comedians because you have to watch yourself so carefully. You can't really develop. Twitter is not a good place to develop material. Let's put it that way. You know? <laughs> do you, and Graham, do you engage with your detractors? Or do, you, do you go back and forth or do you leave them? No, I, I block them. I love the mute button. That's my favorite the thing. The mute, mute's pretty great, but if they talk directly to you, you it just goes right to you. We were talking about this the other day. Mute, muting. No, they, once I mute them, they're gone. I never hear no, from them No, mute, but if they say to you, if they say at Glinner. Uh, no, no. No? No, God damn it. So. I can never get this straight. Does anybody have this straight in their goddamn no. head? And I like mute? to ask them a question just before I mute them. I like to say, I like to say something like, what, what makes you think that? And then I mute them. <laughs> if that's really what mute is, and I'm muting everybody, I, 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 I could swear, I think that mute only works with people that are like, you know, hey, I'm live tweeting the Super Bowl, and it's like, ah, I love you to death, but don't live tweet the Super Bowl, and then you mute them because <laughs> oh, they're yeah. not talking to you. And then, but if they were to say, 
I love the, that that touchdown reminds me of at Dan Harmon. It'll 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 override the mute. Maybe it does work like that, and and it's just that no one has replied to me after I muted them. But it kept, yeah, I, I mean, it's like yeah, I the only people that I most of the people that I want to mute like there. I mean, we're talking about people that are talking directly to me. Yeah, I only mute you know rude people or or people who say something that's just so dumb. Or one guy like today who said. Uh, I said, does anyone know any good places to eat in Los Angeles or something? And he, he replied, no. <laughs> and, uh, and he was like, bye-bye. <laughs> too, too snarky, too cynical. Yeah. There, must be, there must be a good place to grab a but nibble. I tell you, another, another, another thing about the internet, and I'm not sure if it's a good thing or a bad thing, I was thinking about this today, is that it seems to me that you've got the high-level sociopaths who are, who are um, burying people in shallow graves. And then you've got kind of lower level who never really had a way of expressing themselves till now. Yeah. You know? And it's these lower level sociopaths who are, who are like the whole Gamergate thing at the moment, you know? Like I, there was a discussion on one um, 8chan or 4chan, one of these things, <laughs> where they were, they were seriously discussing how they could make transsexuals kill themselves. <laughs> You know, yeah. they were saying well, this is operation. Everything's an operation. This is Operation Junebug or something. Uh, we'll send them this. Pic- and there's a li- there's a list of, of of links of photographs to send transsexuals. Yeah, so there's a bunch of Zodiac killers who didn't kill people. They just like writing the letters. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Are they it's like? Uh, yeah. Yeah. It's uh, like like uh, who 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 is the bully? It, 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 it it's a that's the dangerous thing that's happened is like it it. Is, is it? I got, I got, I got bullied. I got bullied. I got bullied. I, you can become a, a kind of person that's like I've, I've felt that way so often. I've been like on the in crowded restaurants and people, and I just like I've thought, you know what? I'm feeling the exact same feelings right now that a supervillain feels. Like I, I would really like to blow this place up. Yeah, <laughs> I would really yeah. like to. I would really like well, to you know, not you're hurt but school. just kill so many people. <laughs> like, and I don't. I, I would never like the minute I'd have to go to a store and buy a red wire and a blue wire which I as far as I understand is how you make a bomb yeah. uh, <laughs> don't you didn't hear that here <laughs> um, the, 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 I would I would go like this is too hard red yeah, wires yeah. and blue wires and, and also not too hard but also I'm not going to do it I don't actually be responsible because I can't handle it when someone calls me an asshole on Twitter I don't want to see their body blow up um, maybe that's good though like for, for, the, for your low level uh, aspiring high level sociopath for your low level sociopath they're getting it out of their system maybe they're, they're yeah who knows they're, they're playing in a sandbox of well socio- adolescence I mean that's what an adolescent does your body is and they don't like to hear this I didn't like to hear this when I was an adolescent no one likes to hear that your personality is based on blood chemistry mm-hmm. but you are fucking full of testosterone you don't are don't you lose empathy for a while when you're a teenager you, like you, two years you lose empathy well and the, and the parts of your brain that are lighting up are yeah. like the primate brain as it's going through puberty the male primate brain the violence and the sex sections are overlapping I'm speaking really scientifically right now um, you gotta look it up it's it, I mean it, it, it's but it's you are you are I I feel comfortable saying this because we've been there. We were all adolescent boys, all of us. Um, uh, the the three of us, at least. The 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 and I. You remember the amount of the the lack of control you had over what your ideas really were. Uh, 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 you had no real. You were a you were a you were a puppet of 
mm. of like, I mean, what a serial killer's testimony might call the dog next door. I, you were, you were, you were, you were answering to a lower or higher calling. You were, you were all horn dog, like weird. And not, and it's not just about sex. It's not just about the fact that your dick is like a little wood paneling nail in your pants the whole time. From no matter how much you rub it, um, <laughs> the it's it, what goes oh, with that is like your feelings about <laughs> Dan Chogram. <laughs> Were you doing that with like a call out, like a straight, like how you rub it? Was <laughs> <laughs> it like, like the end of a commercial? <laughs> how you rub it? No, no, I said, oh, you rub it. Oh, you rub it. He yeah. was having an epiphany. Oh, yeah. Oh, no, you rub it. Yes, you rub it. And sometimes, yeah. And that helps. After that 30, helps. it makes it go down. Okay. Yeah. Um, uh, up until then, uh, anybody's guess. The, the, and then you start taking the pills to keep it up. The, 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 the personality that comes along with that, you're constantly like, like the kid, you know, they do fucked up shit like kids left unchecked they're, they're I think Gamergate is mostly mostly kids you're wa- of I course really it do. is you're yeah. watching and am I, am I gonna get fucking egged I, 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 I you know am I gonna get am I gonna get my fucking social security number uh, well Sony already made sure that's gonna happen <laughs> Graham uh, what, what, what years uh, are there certain years that teenagers lose their empathy I don't know I read it somewhere again not very scientific I, I think did you go through a phase I, I know I did like, I went through like a, I, I guess I never thought of it like that but did you go through a phase where you went through it like I a, probably you know I did that thing where you care less about the people you you love for a bit maybe you know but i was just so wrapped up in my own unhappiness that you know i can't what town what town are you from sorry what town did you grow up in dublin dublin and yeah see I, I, had a, I had a roommate that was from dublin and he got his ass kicked daily is that why you saw Fa- father ted no i no my friends that that turned me on to are all americans oh okay, okay. uh but they have you know they all love like british tv and stuff and yeah, irish yeah. tv but uh my it friend, is kind of British my, TV. Yeah, Maybe. exactly. <laughs> uh, my friend just like he, describing being a, uh, a a preteen and a teenager in Dublin was just a daily deciding: Do I run home and get beat up by my father, or do yeah. I turn and fight and, and fight like forty people? Like it was. My mum used to. I never really. I never never got that too bad. It was all psychological torture. But but uh, I I used to be my my mum was always just full of stories about some kid who would just walk home and just get the shit kicked out of him for no reason so yeah it was it was a bit fearful you know it's it weird though it, ireland this was ireland in the you know 70s and 80s you know i was just thinking that the whole the, that's the thing about now is p- pornography is is pornography a, a good thing it's or, still a thing yeah it's it, but but in, 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 do, do you do you still rub it in ireland <laughs> but in ireland in ireland when you're going through that crazy insane time uh, before the internet, and in a Catholic country, you had to hump a the, pillow. No, there were there were there were there were photography magazines, mm-hmm. and there was a magazine called H and E, which was called which which stood for Health and Efficiency, and it was a nudist magazine that somehow got through the censorship by being about the nudism, which was a hobby. You know, and it was always a really good looking not like medical yeah, nudism. Yeah, but there was always a really good looking woman on the cover, and you'd wander over and pretend to be looking at other things for a while, and then you'd just kind of reach up casually and take it down and look at it and open it up, and everything was like old men and and little kids okay. holding oh, hands. No. Oh, God. Just, but the cover, the cover was always Dan, beautiful. Dan, Dan, don't rub it. Don't rub it. 
I'm a pretty firm believer that the mitigation of resources available to you when you're in that state are not, you know, you can't, you can't farm that field to, to, to control the crop. Like, I, I, cause I, you I, mean, you I, mean I, you'll I, always see weird <laughs> stuff that you don't want to see? Or? Oh my God. I would, you know, you'd masturbate to a piece of driftwood. Like, like, like. <laughs> You can't. You gotta be kidding me, Morton Mindy. Yeah, like, you live by the sea. I, 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 I like, like the, the 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 content that they're showing you. I mean, like, 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 like that. They're, it's like, oh, well, this is for kids, but it's like, yeah, but that's still round. Um, <laughs> like, like you. I mean, I remember being this age, and, but I did want to say one thing about that because it's like we're saying, like the, the game, Gamergate as as relates to adolescent, like like uncontrollable rage and. Uh, um, and it's it's unrefined, and it's like we, we we have we have in America at least. I don't know how it works in, in Europe, but we have we 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 love our infantilization. We love taking away ritual. We love taking away the the the, the things that used to mean something in a tribal society. They have been systematically, probably usually for good reasons, vilified and and taken away and put in a bin. Because it's like. Are you kidding me? This notion that a father and a son are uh, more important than the government, that's fucking crazy. And, and, and it's like everyone kind of grows up children and our children in this childish country are like they're particularly vulnerable. They're 14 years old and they're fucking on fire. Every cell in their body is on fire and they do some cool shit sometimes. They The Mountain Dew campaign uh, where they asked everybody to vote for a new flavor of Mountain Dew. You, you get to name our new fla- our new flavor and uh, I got all sensitivity to our, our uh, to, to anybody that would be offended by this aside. Please recognize the artistic intent of this in the in the face of corporate uh, oligarchy, like this is like the four chan kids, you know, all ganged up and so they just flood this thing. And the new Mountain Dew flavor, they had to cancel it because the new Mountain Dew flavor was going to be called Hitler did nothing wrong. <laughs> For real? Wait, wait. And so, it's like, yeah, take fucking take that. Wait, wait. How do they, how do they promote that that ground well, I just like, like, like this is all about coordinated strikes. This is like, people who live oh, online and who understand that world. Who are we're 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 in Waterworld and they're all Kevin Costner. Like <laughs> they have the gills, yeah. so they, they they dive down. They can drink their own pee and they can like yeah. breathe underwater and they know where they know where the old world and, is. And, well, and the shame about it is that they don't use their powers for good. Well, they, you know, they, they, uh, they but, sometimes do. Sorry, I mean, I, I would I, 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 again <laughs> with all due deference to anybody who was murdered by Hitler or anything like that like I I, I just like like that is an example of actually kind of in my opinion like good like it's yeah. anti-corporate anti-establishment energy and it's like it's no, fun and it may, it causes you to laugh and that's good and that's like like, like like that you wouldn't do that if you were 25 you wouldn't do that if you were 35 like it takes a bunch of 14 year olds to do yeah. something like that like and I, you kind of like look out your window at that lawn and you go don't get off my lawn <laughs> uh, that's pretty funny yeah if, if like this I wonder what it tasted like <laughs> <laughs> it was kind of like Kind of like raspberry. <laughs> and then the great thing was all the Photoshop images of like, you know, like what if what if they had let it through? What if they had been accountable to their own rules? So all the storefronts would be filled with these two-liter bottles of Hitler did nothing wrong. And, and there's, 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 two old guy, there's two old guys sitting on a porch and they've got their Iwo Jima hats on and they're like, it's 
pretty good. It's a gigantic. It's a hugely important thing. It's like, 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 what is that? You know, what, what? This interactivity and oh, it's a contest and you get to help out and you're a consumer and it's like, fuck you. Like, yeah, it's, it's yeah, fucking yeah. beautiful. I love all that. Brrr, like, I, barf back along that food do you, line. Do you There's follow, barf coming out of here. Do you follow Neil Hamburger on Twitter? No, I don't. Oh, uh, you, you, he's so funny. He just, he just finds every corporate account and retweets it along with a comment. And he just ruins all these uh, <laughs> the competitions and stuff they have. He's, do you remember any good ones? He tweets everyone who says Taco Bell made me cute. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> They'll just like spend a whole evening people. doing. He's really my funny. friend. Uh, I, th- I think it was Ray Pruitt who's been a, kind of brought up on uh, Harmontown before. He's my friend from Texas, Graham, and uh, he, he's kind of in a weird street theater kind of organization. They do weird like kind of guerrilla theater, mm. like anti anti comedy kind of like. Um, like situationists, yeah, like kind sure. of shit, and uh, pranks and stuff. Uh, kind of. maybe, maybe, no, actually, it was uh, I think it was either him or another friend of mine, but it doesn't matter. Uh, they, they, there was a thing on the radio, it was like uh, radio was a thing uh, where you could turn on the, uh, uh, a thing in your car, <laughs> and there'd be music and the news and stuff. And uh, it was like, all right, it's KFWB, and we're playing, uh, we're playing, it's all Beatles all the time, and uh, you, you all vote well, your favorite Beatles song. We're going you ever call in, vote your favorite Beatles song, we're gonna play your favorite. We're going to play that same song for 24 hours. So call in, and, and, and so they just got everybody in Oklahoma to vote for Hey Bulldog. <laughs> so the guy's like, all right, it's... Uh, 24 hours of Hey Bulldog. It's a Beatles song that you don't know, Dan Harmon. Oh, okay. uh, it's not a bad song, but you, nobody wants 24 hours of it. <laughs> well, who and, and, hours of anything? The radio station stuck to their guns and they played 24 <laughs> fucking hours of Hey Bulldog. That's great. And everybody else just danced to it and then they all got sick of it again and they, they, they were sad about it. Uh-oh. It's the uh, best new hamburger. Uh, oh, shit. I just got, actually, could you read that? I, got, I just got new glasses uh, and I never wore glasses before because I'm... I'm getting old, you know, and, and I need glasses now. How did you? How did so you? So it's frightening because I do this, and it's it's like oh, this is everything's normal. How did you I do find this, out? Like, oh, did I'm going to die or something? Because I sorry, I I, I started I, I started thinking I just don't seem to be able to read that uh, sign across the road or whatever. So it just got a bit. But it's terrifying. I do this and the, and and I get sad. Well, let, let me let me see you without the glasses. That's what you normally look like. Yeah, you look like Jerry O'Connell a little bit. Jerry O'Connell. Who's yeah. That? He's an American actor, right? Take him off. Look at him a little bit. Little Jerry O'Connell. Yeah? Yeah, right? I'll take that. I'll take any actor over me. You you ever see see Jerry Maguire? Oh, yeah, okay. He's the quarterback in that. Like, he's Cuba Gooding's friend. And uh, what what else is he in? Sliders. 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 I haven't seen Sliders. No, I haven't seen You should put him in IT crowd. Yeah, okay. Okay, yeah. Uh, I'll I'll, I'll do it. I'll be in it, too. What was the Olive Garden tweet? I don't know. I, I, I well, I mean, oh, I don't have Adam Goldberg's oh, thumb. No. Sorry, I turned <laughs> can, it off. Can you remember what it said? Yeah. That's Adam Goldberg. Hey, Adam Goldberg's he, like our Gonzo from our yeah. Muppet Show. I'm, not, I'm what you'd call a backbencher. Okay. <laughs> wow. um, the joke. Olive Garden says, "Please, in three words, name what describes Italian food." And he said, "Not Olive Garden." <laughs> That's, that's Adam Goldberg, everybody. Adam Goldberg. <laughs> <laughs> good, good to see you, Adam. 
There's gonna be a there's a there's a significant crisis here without Spencer here. Like we, uh, we I like what's happening here. We're, we're having a, we're having an, an adult conversation. No no no, we're doing fine. Yeah. Everything that's happening right now is fine. That sounded like I'm protesting too much. Right. Uh, I'm just saying like 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 we don't we don't have a, a show closer. Is all I'm saying. Have we ever had a show closer? We've never had a show closer. I'm not don't saying you play I'm Dungeons not saying and Dragons. D&D is like oh closer? it's a great way to end a show. I'm just saying we always hey we both we done D- Dungeons and Dragons episodes as well. Yeah yeah we did. Yeah because yeah. Uh, I love your Dungeons and Dragons. Episodes. I watched. I watched yours before we did ours, and I watched... Did you? Uh, yeah, of Did course. I write it before yours? Yeah. I thought you were before me for some reason. Oh, no, man. You're... Grandpa. <laughs> Grandpa, move, Grandpa move over. You, you, just, you just went into one of my favorite things that the Irish uh, sometimes do is when they get excited, they go falsetto. I love that. Did you follow my rainbow all the way here? <laughs> <laughs> I have a particular set of skills. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not. I don't tell you. I don't think that I'm not being scared by this guy. It's <laughs> I told him watch out. Liam Neeson on the phone with his pot of gold. <laughs> In a few minutes, they're gonna take you. Here's what you do. Tell him they get three wishes. I'm gonna grant them, but ironically. <laughs> Yeah. The uh, no, I um, I uh, uh, used to play. Did you ever play Call of Cthulhu? No. Oh man, you should get into that. I'm kind of, I'm kind of like I, I'm having a, I, uh, I want to get into uh, Lovecraft now. Yeah. Really late. Yeah. Like yeah. I, I, I just, I just bothered to ask the question. Like, what is the deal with this Lovecraft shit? Yeah, I, I find him really hard to read. He's, he's kind of, I find him a bit boring. But, but there's. Are you something... about re- reading H.P. Lovecraft, or is there a game called Lovecraft? No, there's a game called yeah, Call I, I, of Cthulhu I, based on H.P. Lovecraft oh, okay. stories. And uh, I was just talking about the whole milieu. Like, I, I think it's interesting that there was a guy that died so long ago that. That, wrote, that, that people still to this day kind of, yeah. you know, I kind of, it's easy to avoid you should you're like, oh, I got other, other shit to do, but it's the like. The scariest take on Lovecraft I've read is actually Alan Moore's Lovecraft comics. Has anyone ever read them? Oh, Alan oh. Moore wrote Lovecraft comics? Yeah, he wrote two comics uh, that are just Lovecraft stories and they're horrible. Oh, boy. They're so Yeah, that seems like a match made in hell. It's one of those things where you, 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 you're reading it and you and halfway through you wish you weren't reading it. <laughs> well, th- uh, uh, that's the, the theme of Lovecraft's yeah. universe, right? Yeah, yeah. You, oh, get, uh, you get a book and you open it and you go like, yeah, oh my yeah, god, yeah. now I... You like, really feel like something Maybe that's what he was going for. Alan yeah. Moore's like oh, a genius, right? Yeah, no, no, it's great, but it's horribly great, you know? It's, it's, <sighs> it's so funny that Alan Moore is like, like he's like, he's like a, a refined version of Stephen King and it has, uh, so much of his shit has been turned into bad shit but oh, he unlike Stephen he's King so he's like not cool it. with any of it yeah, he hates it. He hates it. <laughs> Stephen King's like alright maybe The Shining was alright <laughs> I yeah. changed my mind yeah I met, I met him a few times and he's uh, and I told him I, I hadn't seen the Watchmen film and he hugged me <laughs> he, what, 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 to say you gotta get well, out there no 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 no. he's very happy very happy that I didn't that I didn't and wouldn't see it you know, I, 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 I gotta I gotta watch this like there's a documentary that's very like gonzo just like just him talking like I'd never I, I didn't really realize I, I, last year I realized that Alan Moore was the common thread between so many things that yeah. were so culturally effective I gotta get caught up on this guy yeah. he's great he's great what he's were great. you talking to him for um, I, I, I went to a dinner and he was invited, at, or no, I was invited to meet him by a comic shop in London called Gosh Comics, Woo! which is a great comic <laughs> shop in London. And um, There's almost nothing you they, can say that someone won't clap for. That was, <laughs> that, that was a pretty deep cut. Somebody, London, are you from London? Yeah, so oh, awesome. 
and uh, yeah, and I, you know, we just had a nice, a nice dinner. You know, what? It, how, how are you going to make IT Crowd uh, good for NBC? <laughs> well, <coughs> well with, with Neil Goldman. The thing is, um, I they very kindly asked me to come over um, after I kind of forced them to ask me um, because uh, I, all, all I want to do is pitch my idea of what the show could be over here, um, and I it would be unfair for me to to say it out here right, uh, right. before I say it to them. But but I just think I think you know I was thinking about studio sitcoms in the states, and it seems to me there's only one show, the, no, there's two shows that are like my show. Uh, that are in front of an audience um, in the States. Uh, married with Children. Wow. Yeah, not, not like in terms of quality. It was, the quality was up and down, but, but no, it was the was, same there, kind there was, of... There was no quality. Was, <laughs> no, did you ever see it. the episode where they all had to get their hair cut at the, uh, the ladies' salon? That's very funny. No, no, I, I, <laughs> very, I think I saw every funny. episode of that show, but what was great about it, it was like, you, you felt like you were watching a show that was made in, like in someone's basement. It was so crap. It was, yeah, it was, yeah. It was yeah. But, but, but it's similar to my show in that it's kind of not set in the real world in some ways. It's right. kind of heightened. That's what I felt you were talking yeah. about. You're talking about the relationship between reality and... Yeah, yeah. And the other one is Soap. Remember Soap? Yeah, yeah, yes. Yeah. Soap had that same kind of crazy... But I don't remember... But I remember Soap as a child, so I remember it as a grown-up show, so I don't remember it having mystical... Yeah, you know, the, vi the, the ventriloquist dummy the, yeah, right. and all that yeah, sort of yeah. stuff, you know. So, you know, it was, it was kind of crazy. And in later seasons, they had uh, aliens kidnapping the, the, the guy. <laughs> right, yes, so yes. it got really insane. So they're the only two shows that seem to be kind of insane in the way that my stuff sometimes is. And <laughs> so you're going to tell Bob Greenblatt I want it to be like soap? No, and no, no. <laughs> uh, the, the opposite. The opposite. I'm go I mean, again, I don't want to say too much, but I'm going to say to try and pull back on all that stuff and do what American shows do so well, you know, character, you know, and, and in terms of studio sitcoms, I'm thinking in terms of things like Cheers and, uh, you know, Seinfeld, which I've said it before, but IT Crowd is just me trying to copy Seinfeld and getting it wrong. Right. You know, um, uh, I just I just I, I worship that show that, that those were some of the happiest years of my life watching Seinfeld with. Yeah, I, with I, I got caught up with it in, in, in syndication and I, I didn't really realize the extent to which I was ripping it off until I observed other sitcoms and how structurally they were different from community. But it's like the I, I thought that I was doing Star Trek because the bridge of the Enterprise like was so necessary. And so the study room was like the right. bridge of the Enterprise. But it was really like that was Seinfeld's kitchen. And because and so you go like A story, B story, and then they split off and then they reconvene in yeah. an ideal community episode, which there are so few of. <laughs> uh, they always go astray. But but um, the the yeah, it's like you have everybody coming in and going like I have this problem, I have that problem, and then they split off into these yeah. crazy and, things. And that wonderful thing that Seinfeld would often do, where you just you you just did not know how they were going to connect the two storylines until a second before it happens, yeah. and then it would just you'd get this like little explosion of joy when when you realized you know I mean I mean one example that's kind of not an example because it was slightly forced but still great is uh, Kramer. Uh, being mistaken for someone who's got, who's got mental problems and, and ends up singing to Mel Torme. Oh, no, no, I, I Mel Torme start, ends up singing to him. Have you not seen that? No, I don't remember Oh, that. my God, it's so funny. And it's one of those laughs that you just, you, you think you will never stop laughing at one point. You know, it's just, it's just beautiful because he's just, you know, he's just got Novocaine. 
in his mouth. <laughs> so, no, 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 and he's kind of like. <laughs> what do you What do you think of the Office? Thing. What do you think of the UK Office? What do you think of the American Office? I find the uh, n- 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 no offense to anyone working on it, but I find the American one hard to watch because I I really love that first series of of uh, the Office and. Um, I just find it odd that it's exactly the same relationships. Mm. And I know they moved off it later on, but I, I don't know. I find it a little bit hard to watch. But but through no fault of the show, I know it's a good show. You yeah, know, yeah. But, uh, but yeah. Do you, th- you thought the UK one was like... Oh, I, I think that first series is mind-blowing. You don't have Gervais fatigue, which I've been told is a thing in England? No, okay. Know. I'm kidding. I made that up. We were... We- <laughs> We got a, we we used to I used to know him and then he slagged off the IT crowd on his blog and I was like oh okay. what yeah yeah it's like oh I don't know what, uh. when we fell out but <laughs> apparently that's a thing that friends now do to each other well, what do you do it? wait like, how do how, I'm deadly curious about this how does Ricky Gervais make the time to articulate a slag on... he said we we got nominated and uh, for an award and oh. uh, he said uh, best of a bad lot. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know if that that's so British I'm like of of these bad things it's probably yeah, the best. It was the least shitty. Yeah, it was, of, it was of, the least of, shitty. Of that, of that oh, did, oh, was he hosting? No, that... no, no. He was just writing about it. He oh. Just, he, took, kind of just, he took fuck time you, out of his you. day to do it. Fuck you, like, Gervais. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Graham, I'm going to go on record as saying I never liked Ricky Gervais. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get him. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, I was curious. It's, it's uh, the, 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 uh, the bell tolls for us. We don't have Spencer. I'm addicted to bringing Spencer. Graham, you don't know about this, but this is the point in the show where we try to cruise shoehorn in an ending to our, our our unstructured show okay so it gets a little awkward <laughs> and then the first funny thing i hear i play a loud musical sting <laughs> to it. and then we get the fuck out of here okay shit i don't yeah. really dan you want to uh, don't force it don't force it let's just now we, now we just take a, take a couple breaths <laughs> We're all gonna die. <laughs> Shit. I thought that might be it. Let's just embrace the sadness of this song. Take some balls and beer. If you got everyone to sing. Yeah, but Dan and I have. Kind of a, a Christmas tradition where we, one, one, one year we got together and we changed the lyrics to this song. And it goes like this, Graham. Dicks and balls and beer. Dicks and balls and beer. It's an Irish song. The fire's warm. It's a perfect storm. It's dicks and balls and beer. Nothing for that bit. It's not enough. That's not enough. <laughs> they deserve better. They deserve. Is there a, is there an Irish Christmas tradition, Graham, that uh, that you want to share with us? As a we celebrate Bill O'Reilly leaving. <laughs> <laughs> we celebrate Bill O'Reilly's family being driven out. <laughs> Was he? Is he from Ireland? No, no. His, just just by name. Yeah, yeah. His name just sounds too Irish. No, he is, he's, he's Irish descent, though, isn't Irish he? Irish descent. Yeah. Is, is, there a, is there a word in the street around about, like, like do people just, Irish people hate Bill O'Reilly? Or no, no, they don't know who he is. They don't know who he is. <laughs> they don't know who he is. He does come back and do TV shows in Ireland and pretend to be a normal human being. and They let him away with it because no one really watches 
When people in there's no, a, sorry, people watch TV now. Sorry, that's not what I meant. I'm this guy so Flanagan, who now. runs this uh, venue here in LA, is very Irish and he's very LA. And he uh, he was explaining to me that the he said this. Now, like, like I'm submitting this to you. I want a yes or a no. Okay. This he is said be vaguely racist. The Irish in <laughs> Ireland, they actually, contrary to what you might think, they're they're not they're not. Re- repulsed uh, by the millions of Irish-American tourists that flood to the homeland every year. They're kind of... They, 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 they kind of like it because the the actual Irish represent, like, a certain amount and, like, the idea that seed was spread, no matter how fat and gross these people are, <laughs> that come back and buy these, like, uh, keychains and yeah. refrigerator magnets. I don't know. I'd never really... I. I... In Dublin, you may, you you might not see it as much as as kind of because you know people get to Dublin, they're annoyed because there's a gap, you know, and and there's kind of there's no Irish fiddlers on the street, yeah. like <laughs> but you go out into the countryside and there's is a lot nobody more selling of that type thing. cockles and mussels? A yeah, no, home. you don't really get that anymore. No. You know, the cockles and mussels business is dried up. <laughs> but the um, that's, that's but, a shame. Yeah, but no, Dublin. When I grew up in Dublin, it used to really annoy me any representation of Ireland that involved. Fiddles or, or, or people going, oh, you know, because, you know, I grew. Wait, I, was in, I was in New York and the, New York and Chicago celebrate uh, St. Patrick's Day, I think, probably more than Ireland does. Yeah, it? no, no. I, I mean, believe me, the, the St. Patrick's Day uh, celebrations in New York are the funniest thing to Irish people. <laughs> they are just so ridiculous. And these kind of these kind of awful men turning their back on the gay uh, uh, the gay Irish coming by, oh, right, all yeah. that sort of stuff. Oh, well, there's, a, there's a pub in, like in Hell's, I, there's a pub in Hell's Kitchen, I think, and it's uh, it's an Irish pub, and they, they have a big sign. I was there once, St. Patrick's Day. I was, I was, I wasn't there during it, but like it was the day before, or the, two days before, and there was a big sign that, that like in big block letters that said. Uh, don't sing Danny Boy. It's not an Irish song. It was written by an English person. <laughs> really? Like, if you fucking sing Danny Boy in here, we're throwing you out. Like, is it, <laughs> that sounds like a great bar. <laughs> That's where you want to go to. Uh, but uh, I heard a great um, story from a band called, a Northern Irish band called Therapy, who were on, who were on a tour with House of Pain. Remember House of Pain, yeah. Jump Around? And House of Pain. Uh, <laughs> who could forget? Yeah, but they were in. Uh, Wait, House of Pain was Jump Around? Yeah, wasn't uh, it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I, I didn't yeah, know yeah. that. But House of Pain were uh, were were they were in Dublin, and uh, Therapy were in their dressing room, and one of House of Pain stuck their head in and said, uh, "Hey guys, come with us. We found this great Irish bar." Fucking <laughs> <laughs> in Ireland? Yeah, really. Yeah. <laughs> but I think uh, they meant a bar that had a shamrock in it or something. You know, yeah. and, uh, you know, well, every it, other it, bar wasn't no, an no, Irish it bar. It probably had a Celtics jersey in there. Or something. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Is there a... Shit, I was hoping that would be it. I know. No, 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 Grant, this, this is where we start scrambling. It. It's every man for himself right now. <laughs> <laughs> but is there, is, there, is there... I mean, the answer is no. Is there, like... I, I'm, I'm wondering what, like... I'm not wondering what, what three intellectuals in London having a drink at a bar say about American culture. I'm, but I am very much wondering what three Irish... I'll tell you, there's, uh, we used to love our, the regulars in our, in our, in our bar. Um, we used to go to this pub in Dublin called The International, me and Arthur. And there were always some really funny guys there. And uh, they'd just be watching the TV. They were there every day. Uh, there every day. 
And uh, 9-11 happened, you know, and uh, this guy was... We got, here, comes, here comes our closer. Yeah, we got our closer. It's coming. <laughs> Buckle up, everybody. And, uh, and this, if, and, if, 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 if it doesn't have the power to close a show, then I question its status as a national tragedy. I I actually... And I say that on record. Well, no, so basically, um, uh, Bin Laden, uh, uh, you know, was kind of, his name was starting to be floated about because of it, you know, and uh, oh, no. this guy was looking up at the TV and you see the towers burning and then you see a picture of Bin Laden and this guy at the bar said, there he is, the man of the moment. <laughs> That's Harbortown, everybody. <laughs> Thank you for coming. Graham Linehan. Buy him a drink. He should be a guest uh, in our country until he leaves. He's a genius. Uh, thank you, Jeff, for coming back. We missed you. Thank you for having me back. Thank you for Callie Fontecchio for coming up and saying hi. Yeah, See you, you soon. Yeah, you go, go ahead. Sit down. Grambling ahead, everyone. There's Zach, there's Zach in the back. And there's Zach in the back. Justin Marshall, of course, always producing our lovely stuff. There's also Chris and his girlfriend. Uh, she probably doesn't want to be identified as his girlfriend. She's his... Uh, there's two people in the back that are also responsible for video production who also need to be thanked. I want to thank uh, Rutger and Zippo, the, uh, the, uh, the, 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 uh, the charming velociraptors. All right, I'll drive fast and take chances. Thanks for coming. Chris, Chris Boroff and Sarah Hill. They're helping us out back there, uh, bringing video to you. Thank you so much, and uh, we'll see you next week. of the National Security Agency to assess and flag citizens of the country who may present a threat to its security. The NSA has clearance to wiretap by any means necessary. Tapped. Incidental. Hello, beautiful. I'm Amy Errett, founder of Madison Reed, a hair color company I named after my daughter. One of the things I value most in life is time. Time to spend with my daughter, time to spend with family, and the time I put into my company that's reinventing the way women color their hair. The busiest, most successful women I know use Madison Reed, the amazing hair color hack. In under an hour and for less than $25, Madison Reed delivers gorgeous, shiny, multi-dimensional, healthy-looking hair with an ammonia-free formula. You'll look like you just came from a salon, but the reality is you have more me time to do what you love. Things get busy. Let us take care of you and your hair. Find your perfect shade at madison-reed.com and get 10% off plus free shipping on your first color kit. Use code NEW. That's code NEW. Try it. Love it. That's the beauty of Madison Reed.